crawl Shoveling dirt in every hole Predators to condemn your soul Watching you and watching me We're all connected but separated Misunderstood and so frustrated A million armies of one have invaded Watching you and watching me To make headlines be immortalized Everyone's got an electric eye Where the digital spies Watching you and watching me
The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. Atop the mountains of British Columbia, to you listening around the world, this is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. You can follow us on our website. SpacedOutRadio.com on iTunes and TuneIn. Follow Dave on Twitter at SpacedOutRadio.com on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show or on our YouTube channel Spaced Out Radio Show. Game on! Game on! Game on! Dave, oh Dave, are you playing with Bigfoot and aliens again? Password is. All right, all right, all right. Okay, seriously, what's with the points? Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. <laughs> seriously, Dave? Really? Bye bye. Bye bye. Captain, take your seat on my left. It's time for takeoff. Good evening and welcome to Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, and it's great to have you along for the ride. Wherever you are on this great planet we love to call Earth, welcome to tonight's show as we are live right here 
right now in Uncle Jimbo's cabin right here in the Great White North on this Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning if you're on the East Coast. We welcome in everyone listening in on SpacedOutRadio.com, on Spreaker, on the United Public Radio Network, the High Plains Talk Radio Network, and on Revolution Radio. We love to do this show every night of the week as we want to be your official one-stop shop. To rock out with us, to Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal, formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy, Bumblefoot is the official music of SOR. If you're a social media junkie like I am, I want you to give us a follow on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. On Instagram, you can follow me at Dave Scott, SOR. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. And of course, our website is spacedoutradio.com. While there, you can check out a plethora of features. We'll get to those in a minute. If you're on social media. Use the hashtag SpacedOutRadio if you want to connect with me live during the show. Because we don't take questions via phone call. We use our chat rooms to what they're there for, to chat about the show. So you got to log in to Revolution Radio on Spreaker, on the UPRN chat room, or in the SOR Space Travelers Club. While on our website, Check out the SOR Space Travelers Club. It's 5 bucks a month. Your name gets put into monthly prize draws. The next one is this Friday night during the SOR Roundtable. You get access to a private posting section on our website and so much more. Hey, we give you a heck of a lot more than just access to our archives. While on our website, you can read up on my latest blog. This one is literally about Bigfoot and this weird story out of New Mexico. I highly suggest you check it out. And you can check out SOR's Space Wire with Eric Markham for your latest in weird news. If you've had a sighting or an experience you can't explain, fill out an SOR Sightlines report. Our researcher, Mike Schmidt, is ready to answer your questions questions. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on Renegade Talk Radio live out of Las Vegas. Yes, we love being the nighttime entertainment of Sin City. Well, at least for those who aren't on the Strip. We are also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. And remember, if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Now, last night on SOR, with Chronicles of the Unknown, the discussion got a little heated when the topic of science and defining what the purpose of paranormal research truly is. Let's face it, when it comes to ghost hunting, there are a plethora of ways an investigation can be handled. But in the end, the question has to be, it just has to be, what is the purpose? Why are we doing this? If we don't have a purpose, then we really aren't abusing, or pardon me, aren't we really then abusing the whole aspect of the word science when it comes to paranormal investigation? Look, it's no secret that we have some brilliant people investigating life after death, and if it even exists. But the direction seems to be at a standstill with the paranormal acting like a rudderless ship heading down a river to nowhere. Tonight, Mike Ricksecker, paranormal author and creator of Haunted Road Media, along with being an online radio host of The Edge of the Rabbit Hole, joins us for the first two hours. We're going to get into this. His co-host, Vanessa Hogo, will join us for hours two and three. So let's get into this paranormal dilemma. Mike Ricksecker, for the second time, welcome back to Spaced Out Radio. How you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing pretty well, Dave. Thanks for having me back. Really appreciate it. Oh, we love having you here, my friend. And I do want to disclose to our listeners that you and I have come to a working agreement, and I'm excited about this, where we're going to be sharing shows, we're going to be sharing stories, and really promoting one another on each other's website to try and bring some normalcy and some quality programming to the paranormal. So I want to thank you for being a part of the Spaced Out Radio team, along with your beautiful lady, Shanna, and Vanessa Hogel. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the the, the partnership and uh, what we can do to uh, work together. I think it's a uh, great agreement. Well, Mike, the reason why I wanted to get involved with you, and I'm the one who approached you on this, is because, in my opinion, and I haven't been doing this a long time, I've only been doing this a couple of years, but one of the things that disappoints me about the paranormal field is how segregated everything is research topics so if you're a debunker you don't believe or you harass other people who don't fall into your category if you're a believer in something supernatural that's another click in this group you've been doing this a while now in your opinion what makes the paranormal community so clicky well you know kind of like what you just described you know people seem to fall into their you know own little um, you know compartmentalized Group. So, yeah, you have the skeptics that are out there that, you know, to me, a lot of them just um, enjoy being combative. Um, you have those that are, you know, it, it's almost the whole, you know, science versus, uh, you know, religion debate, but within the, uh, within the paranormal community where you, you have those people that are, you know, very, you know, they, they say what they're doing is very scientific and everything has to be you know, in exact reading and measurement and methodology. Um, even though we have no, you know, official um, you know, scientific method for, for the paranormal, and then there, of course, is the uh, you know the spiritual side, um, where you know everything is a you know a thought or a feeling or you know, uh, some sort of reading by a psychic medium. So, um, and, and you have you know a lot of people that just want to adhere to you know one or the other. They want to be you know very black or white about it, and to me, I think the uh, the paranormal and supernatural is very gray, very many shades of gray, uh, actually. So when you started in the field, was this one of the things that kind of caught you off guard? Was this unnecessary attitude, if we can call it that, that surrounds the paranormal, Mike? Well, you know, I think it's something that's uh, really a bit more recent because... Uh, when I first started getting involved with the uh, with the paranormal, um, you know, there there weren't all of these uh, different things uh, put into place. I think you know, TV and, and the media, which is I think done a it, on one hand a great job of you know proliferating uh, the paranormal and getting people to be a little bit more open about their experiences. Um, you know, I think it's had an adverse effect as well as, you know, okay, they, they've kind of set these um, ground rules that don't really exist. You know, when I was uh, first getting involved, you know, people were just curious about other people's experiences. Um, you know, the Internet didn't exist then, and so the only people that you may have known that had other experiences were maybe one or two other people in your area. You know, I was from a smaller town. 
um, about 20,000 people at the time, um, surrounded by, you know, a farming community. And, you know, our library didn't really have uh, very many books on, on ghosts and the paranormal and, and what have you. So uh, information on the subject was you know, really hard to come by. And so um, you know, when I first, you know, really started getting uh, involved um, in the early 90s, you know, it was whatever information people could share, they were happy to get. And I think it's more so over the last, you know, 10 years, what have you, that because of what people have seen on the television shows, they're taking it as, you know, this is the gospel truth and the way things have to be done, that it, it's kind of evolved into what you've been describing. I just find maybe it's because there are so many people in there. Now, we're talking to the members of Chronicles of the Unknown and Randy Plesser from Zed Talk Radio last night. They don't believe that the paranormal is as bad as it was, say, a year ago, even, to go back that close. You know, where the attitude, the the defining points of what an investigation is supposed to be. You know, what I like to call Pokemon ghost around these parts, where people are playing with ghosts, they're not doing any research whatsoever, Mike. Do you see that as well, or do you still see this being a problem field in a land of research? Well, first of all, I don't know those uh, those guys that... Uh, we're on last night, so um, you know I, I don't know what all their you know, methodology is and what their beliefs are. Um, but you know, I, I mean, as far as as far as I'm concerned, um, and, and the way I take an investigation, you know, I I do a lot of you know, research before going in, and you know, I like to know who's there, what's there, you know, what is supposed to be there, what the history of the location is, um, you know, what's happened at the building or site or, you know, boat or, you know, whatever it is. Um, because, you know, I think it's important, and, and I talk about this a lot, I think it's important to be uh, a, a voice for the spirit. So that encompasses uh, knowing who and what, is supposed to be there, and you may get something totally different, um, but you'll discover that as you go along, where, uh, you know, I think a lot of people go into these locations, and they're just looking for a thrill ride. They're looking for a piece of evidence that they can throw up on social media and say, hey, look what we got, and they're, you know, trying to, um, you know, build for themselves a name rather than just, you know, if, if, if you're just a voice for the spirits in here, um, helping to educate people in the history of a location and those people that had lived their lives there, then all the other stuff will come along. I guess that's part of my frustration as a radio show host because I don't consider ourselves podcasters around here. I consider ourselves actual radio show we just happen to broadcast online and to me being in a journalism background there is a big difference between the two and i understand mike there's a lot of good people hard-working people out there that are really working hard to bring some credibility to this field especially on the mainstream that seems to laugh 
underneath their breath at absolutely everything that we do. They don't want to believe us. Maybe they do in the back of their head, but publicly they can't. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how many I don't know how many reporter friends that I have have come to me behind the scenes saying, "I love what you're doing. I think it's absolutely awesome what you are doing." But I'm not going to mention that publicly. I just can't because there is credibility on the line for their own careers. So, do you think that we as a field of the alternative are just trying way too hard to try and you know scream out to the mainstream saying please take us seriously and in the end we're kicking our own selves in the butt because we can't even agree if two plus two equals four (laughs) well there is quite a bit of that of course um you know the whole idea of of paranormal unity you know while i would love for there to be so yeah there's a lot of disagreement as to you know who and what things are and I, I think that's um you know it, it's difficult you know how do you standardize a uh, a field that is built so much on theory you know um you know and i have and i understand the frustration of, of the mainstream where you know they love what we do and they tend to come to us you know like around halloween time and you know almost kind of tongue-in-cheek you know give us a little you know, spot on. Oh, yeah, you know, there's these ghost stories, these haunted locations, and, you know, might believe, you know, might admit to believing uh, something, but it's a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. So um, it'd be great if the mainstream could take us a little bit more seriously. Um, but, yeah, there there is a lot of, you know, because of the dissension in the rings and how... You know, so many people disagree with each other. You know, so much drama out there, you know, on social media, it's absurd. Um, that does hurt us as a as a field. Well, that's a good point, Mike, and I want to get into the social media side of everything, but let's get our audience to learn you a little bit before we delve even deeper down this edge of the rabbit hole. See how I threw that in there? You, you know, I love, love that name, by the way. Mike, what led you down this path? What made you decide that you wanted to focus your life and your attention to the paranormal? Well, you know, I had experiences when I was a, a when I was a child, and I know we talked about the last time I was on how um, I had a uh, shadow person experience as a as a young child, I was about eight or nine years old. Woke up in the middle of the night, and in the corner of my bedroom was a shadow person, and you know, something a little bit different than most other stories was that this shadow person actually came up to me, interacted with me, crossed my arms across my body for, you know, some strange reason, and then ran off down the hall. Um, you know, it was not one of those sleep paralysis um, moments that a, a lot of people try to adhere it to, uh, because I was able to move, and I was able to, you know, watch it go, and, um, and what have you. So that was one of those things that, you know, was you know, very, very moving to me as a child that, you know, hey, there's something else um, in this world. Um, I've always been curious about uh, the supernatural, you know, whether from, you know, a, a ghost side or a spiritual side or what have you. Uh, I was influenced by Hans Holzer um, and his works growing up. My mother uh, actually bought me one of his books, and I dove into it in, you know, at first not really realizing, well, this is a book of true ghost stories, but um, once I started reading along, 
wow, okay, these are actually true. And so I was just, you know, my interest was, was peaked. Um, you know, my first investigation, you know, although I didn't really realize what it was at the time, was when I was about 15, 16 years old. And, you know, I've just always been fascinated um, by the unknown, by that realm that we can't necessarily see. Um, anything that's mysterious and secretive, um, I've always had an interest in were your parents supportive of your experiences when you explained it to them? Because so many times we hear of people in this field, when they were growing up, their parents tried to deflect everything. You know, you've heard it all, the imagination, the little quirks that children do. You know what I'm saying? How were your parents with that? Right. Well, you know, when I had that experience uh, with the shadow person, when I was about eight or nine years old, you know, they, and I totally understand why they why they did you know they told me well you just had a bad dream and, and you know, at that age you know I was scared out of my mind um, I completely understand why they did that now I had another shadow person experience when I was um, about 13 years old we had just moved from Massachusetts to Ohio unpacking the boxes and um, I kept seeing something out before my eye kind of peering into my bedroom and then when I would turn and start away and you know, it was just I ended up naming the thing Tom, like Peeping Tom. Um, and my mother actually admitted that she had seen the same thing. You know, a little bit older, and she's, you know, a little bit more relaxed and admitting that, oh, yeah, she saw something too. Um, now, my father, <laughs> he's kind of, to this day, he's still kind of funny about it. Um, you know, he'll say that, well, you know, I, I don't believe in ghosts. But yet he'll tell the story of, you know, seeing a shadow person in his bedroom one night and telling it to get out of there and, what have you? And I'm like, Dad, you just told a ghost story. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. So it's it's kind of a mixed bag with them. I know I was absolutely petrified to tell my father my experiences because my dad's a real Alberta cowboy growing up, born and raised on a farm in, you know, central Canada and or the central west part of Canada and the prairie provinces. And, you know, he's a real, what I like to call, five senses, meat and potatoes kind of guy. And when I finally figured that I needed to tell him and what I'd been doing with my radio show and that I'd been doing the show for well over a year at that point, it, it was intimidating, man. It was totally intimidating that I actually that I actually was fearful of telling my dad at this time, I'm 42 years old, hey, Dad, by the way, I talk aliens and ghosts every night. you know. And when I started telling him my own experiences, that's when he kind of said, I remember this, he, he sat back in my recliner and he took a deep breath and he goes, you know, son, I am way too old to not believe that there is something else more than us out here. I believe you. And that took like wow, nice. that took so much weight off my shoulders, man. It did. You know, and I don't want to put it, you know, out there as it was an epiphany for me or for him or maybe um maybe it was just, you know, like I have a number of of gay friends who have come out to me and I'm assuming in a way different context, much lighter context, that that's what it was like for me, and that's probably as close as I'll ever get to that. But it felt relief. And a lot of people don't get that, Mike. 
a lot of people don't get that that ability to do that and it drives them insane and crazy yet you have been able to find a niche and build a crowd and a following around you how have you gone about that with still being able to keep the credibility that you deserve well you know it's interesting that you bring that up because you know part of what I do and why I do it um, is that there are a lot of people that are afraid to talk about their experiences because of that um, stigmatism that you know they are crazy they are nuts um, they're off their rocker and yeah you know 30, 40 years ago, if you would have said something like that, you might be a candidate for a straitjacket, unfortunately. And I've had a lot of people, so many people over the last um, several years just come to me, um, whether it's, you know, in person or message me or email, what have you, and just, you know, thank me for, um, you know, the books that I've written and the interviews that I give, what I I do on the YouTube channel, um, because it helped them to realize they're not crazy. They're not the only ones. There are other people out there. And my um, last couple volumes of uh, Encounters with the Paranormal, um, they're not just tales from me. They're, they're tales from a number of different people. Um, you know, some are also writers, but some are just you know, regular, everyday people that are sharing their experiences. And I think it helps to... Um, it helps to put others at ease that no, they are not um, alone out there. That there are other people that have experienced these, these things, and it's real, you know. And, and they're not crazy. And I think it's that sort of thing that has kind of um, you know really helped for, you know people to you know come and read the stories and you know follow along with with what I'm doing is. You know, I'm trying to, you know, just relate to them, you know, on a, on a very, um, I don't want to say a deep level, but, you know, on a level that they're able to, you know, relate to, you know, with these paranormal experiences. And that's really tough to find that crowd and to gain that trust. You know, when I know when I was setting up Spaced Out Radio, I was looking at it and I was listening to all these different shows that really tried to focus on the scientific. And I'm not a dude of science. I'm the first one to admit. I think the highest grade I ever got in science was a C plus, you know, back in high school. I'm more the type of guy who who wants to know how people are feeling. What is this affecting around their environment? How is this affecting people personally? Because the one thing that I've learned in this field, and I'm sure you've noticed it too, Mike, is that over the last number of years, all of a sudden, every everybody still wants to hear the experiencer's story, but everybody now, well, most people now, are saying, I'm glad to hear your story, but it's really irrelevant in my research. And I think that's a slap in the face to the people who are trying to get this off their chest, that they've had something they do not understand, and that they really want someone to talk to them and just to tell them, I believe you. Would you agree with that, or do you think that we're beyond the experiencer now? No, I don't, I don't believe we're beyond the experiencer. And I, um, and, and No, I'm totally with you there, that... You, you need to be able to listen to people and you know, try to relate to them 
Um, absolutely. You know, it, um, you know, it, it, it always comes back to the personal experiences, really. You know, I've said this, Sharma says this, and I know Vanessa does too, um, that, you know, our best tool that we have when we go into an investigation is our body, is our senses. You know, it's great if, you know, we can get some hits on a, you know, EMF meter, if we're able to capture something on camera, um, that's, you know, wonderful because that's, um, the skeptic community wants to be able to see that. And of course, we're able to get something on camera, and it's, it's, it's beautiful, wonderful. Um, but that's so rare. It's all based on theory. Um, you, you, you can't have a control because you can't make the paranormal work on demand. So, um, you know, it really what it comes down to is, you know, not just for the living, but also for the spirits that are there. It, it's a very personal thing. These are all, they're, they're people, they're emotions. Um, you know, whether it's living or those that are deceased that you're interacting with, um, you know, it's not, it's not fun and games and you're playing with electronic gadgets. And, you know, all of those gadgets are great, but we are dealing with people and their feelings, you know, either side of the veil. So that leads me to the question, and we can get more into this in the next hour when Vanessa is with us. But how do you feel about the fact that there are so many people out there claiming that they are doing research the right way, and yet there is no education that goes into this, Mike. There is no code of conduct that people follow. It really is research anarchy 101 when it comes to the paranormal. And I hate to use that term, but to me, looking at it on the outside, and maybe that is something that uh, turns me off of the paranormal, is that there's no set of rules. It's a free-for-all. We have people, like I said earlier, who are wanting to debunk. We have people who are wanting to believe the spiritual side. And it's not just in the paranormal. It goes into the UFO world. It goes into the cryptid world of Bigfoot, Dogman, and those godforsaken gnomes. Oh, I hate those things. But either way, you know, it just seems out of control. And is it time that maybe, just maybe, somebody stepped up to the plate and wrote a code of conduct. You know, it, it would be great if we could have something like that. I think it's, um, it'd be very difficult just because of how heated everybody gets um, when it comes to, you know, these topics because everybody is so polarized in their different views. Um, but I do agree with you that you know, yeah, it has become a uh, has become a free for all. There is a lot of disrespect uh, throughout the field and uh, different people's methods. I mean, I was working with a you know a couple of guys last year that you know the the last uh, investigation that we did together, I was absolutely appalled because you know we are in a in a cemetery um, of people who lost their lives tragically, and you know one of the questions that was thrown out there by uh, one of the other 
other investigation. We're doing ghost box session, and he's like, uh, well, you know you're dead, right? And I, uh, you could see me in the video just kind of turn my head in disgust. Like, wow, how disrespectful to uh, to those people that are there. Um, you know, so I, I would love to be able to put something into place um, as far as, hey, you know, you need to be able to treat these people with respect. It's basically, to me, asking a question like that is, you know, asking a, uh, uh, a cancer victim, hey, you know you have cancer, right? I mean, you would never do that. So, um, I, I mean, it's kind of some, of, some of this stuff is just basic, you know, first and foremost, be respectful. And uh, so many people just don't even get that basic little concept. Um, so to be able to try to put even more rules behind that into place is uh, a definite challenge, but I would, I would love it if we could get rule number one down, be respectful, and take it from there somehow, some way. Has the field gone too far? Like, is it way too popular and way too many people involved to even try and come up with that code of conduct? Is it a lost cause to try and get that respect that the field deserves? Or do we now have to wait for the hype and the television programs to die off and go away before we can almost rebuild this? Well, and that's a, that's a great question. I, I do believe there is going to be, um, and we've already seen it a little bit, I think, how um, a number of people have kind of uh, you know, fallen by the wayside here because there's not as many shows out anymore. Um, the, the networks have kind of you know played it as much as they can. You have right now a lot of the newer shows are taking a you know a demon angle, um, and then once you're once you're there's what's past that you know <laughs> um, once they've played that hand, there's not a whole lot left. Um, so I think. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of people fall by the wayside. We kind of already have, you know, they, you know, they've played their role, and you know, they're going to go away. And there's going to be a, a nucleus, I think, that will form um, of people who are definitively in this for the uh, for the long haul. And maybe that group can formulate um, some sort of continuity. Uh, we'll have to see. The disrespect that you mention in regards to the way the field is now. And we it is a wait-and-see approach. I, I totally agree with you there. And I'm reading the comments as we go here in the chat rooms on Twitter as well. So my eyes are like wandering all over the place. It's kind of fun watching. But a lot of people have turned away. A lot of good people, Mike, have turned away because of what the field has become. Do you think that by maybe waiting this out, that those people who are damn good investigators or damn good researchers will come back? Or is it too much of a lost cause? Well, I think people that have a genuine interest in the paranormal... Um, they're always going to be there, and they may take a break for a while um, to kind of get away from, you know, that, um, oh, what do I want to say? The, uh, yeah, I mean, all, all that drama, and, and I know people that have, you know, taken a step back because they're, 
they're tired of tired of all the infighting within the community. Um, but those that have a, gen, a genuine passion for it, um, I think we'll always come back. There are some brilliant people in this field. Whether they're using the ghost box, whether they're using psychic phenomena, whether they're using technology to get their information. Do you believe then that there is room for more than just one type of investigation out there? Or do you believe that there has to become a focal point of what we are trying to solve? Well, you're always going to have people use uh, you know, different methods. You know, there's going to be new technology that comes out. Um, I think some of it has been a little, uh, a little overkill, you know, creating gadgets for the sake of creating a new gadget. But, you know, some of them I've seen, um, you know, work fairly well or, you know, are a great try at, you know, trying to integrate, uh, technology, uh, into the paranormal field. So, I think there's always room for experimentation and seeing if there's different methods that we can utilize in order to investigate. So uh, I don't think there's necessarily, you know, one specific um, method that we have to adhere to um, that it should be you know, flexible enough for us to be able to experiment and try different things. Is there too much creativity? Are we trying too much to try and solve these problems or these issues with technology rather than good old-fashioned ghost hunting with maybe a tape recorder, a Polaroid camera, and using your own senses? <laughs> well, those are always my uh, my standbys, uh, definitely, because uh, we know that those are uh, definite tried-and-true methods, and I think those are things that people should always... Um, them. You know, always, always bring that audio recorder. Um, you definitely bring your senses with you. You know, camera, uh, what have you. Um, you know, always bring that stuff along. But feel free to, you know, try different things. I think, like I said, I think some of the things that have been tossed out there are a, a little silly. But eh, okay, maybe try it once or twice. But you know, don't start saying, "Well, this is the, you know, this is the cutting edge technology, and this is what we have to." Some of it's just overkill. But like I said, I'm open to trying new things. Um, but sometimes you're just constantly reinventing the wheel and you don't necessarily have to. So in your opinion then, Mike, what is right about what we're doing in the paranormal these days and what is just plain wrong? Well, um, to me, just... You know, plain wrong is anything where you're being disrespectful, you're provoking um, for you know no apparent reason what whatsoever. I mean, I've seen some of these groups go in there and just you know right off the bat, uh, you know they're trying to provoke a spirit. It's like what are, what are you doing? You're you're provoking a spirit here in this house, and you have to um, you know eventually leave the home. And what's going to happen now? The family is going to have a very uh, angry spirit on their hands. Um, you know, I think things like that are, are, are very wrong. Um, you should try to be respectful, you know, as much as you can. You know, you're going to end up with spirits that are that are jerks. They're a jerk in life, and they're a jerk in the afterlife. And so you are going to have that. But, you know, initially try to, you know, be respectful and treat people the way 
you know, they would want to be treated even in the afterlife. Um, so I think people that, you know, adhere to those type of methods are, are, are doing the right thing. Uh, if, if they're going in being respectful, you know, introduce yourself, you know, what have you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with technology um, just as long as it's not, you know, complete overkill. I think there's a happy medium, really. I think, you know, technology and spiritualism can coexist together. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm good with experimenting. And, you know, I, I think those that, you know, are trying new methods are, are fine. Just, like I said, not, you know, not throwing technology into the mix just for the sake of it. Because um, it, it's not what we're interacting with isn't mechanical, so we can't just simply use mechanical methods. Do you think, though, that technology has brought us any closer to finding a true answer as to what's happening on the other side of the veil? I think it's helped us to communicate a little bit more with uh, with the other side of the veil. Uh, certainly without technology, we wouldn't have, you know, EVPs. That's <laughs> kind of the uh, you know a, a, a core um, piece of paranormal phenomena that we've uh, become accustomed to. Um, you know, of course, any sort of uh, you know photograph or what have you has been you know amazing because it's you know one of those things that we kind of show. Hey, you know there there is um, you know something going on here. So you know, I, I think technology has helped us uh, to a degree. I just I think some of us get a little too focused on just exclusively using technology and you know kind of like you know in our everyday lives when we start using too much technology it dulls the rest of our senses um, you know just think about uh, you know cell phones are great but you know if you're walking along the sidewalk looking down at your uh, cell phone all the time and you know, you walk into a lamppost, you know, or you walk into somebody else that, uh, you know, all of a sudden you have a, you know, bad interaction with because you just simply weren't walk, watching where you were going. So could you then say with confidence, Mike, that the lack of feel in today's paranormal investigation is probably the reason why we're no closer to an answer even though we become more technologically advanced yeah I, I could certainly say that that uh, again it comes back to your your greatest asset is your body you're you know keeping yourself open your body open your senses open um, your third eye open uh, to what is happening around you to me is, is still the most important asset that you have going into a paranormal investigation. But how many groups out there, Mike, don't believe that? They think they need the latest, greatest gadgets, whether it's an iPhone app, whether it's spending $5,000 on a FLIR camera, whether it's buying laser grids. I mean, it, this has become a technology hotbed for most people in this field who don't have the money to even pay rent, let alone food on their table, yet they have all this technology. And the way I look at it is, I don't see us being very much closer to getting the extreme answers we need. 
Yeah, I, you know, and, and for those that, if, if you're trying to make a decision between buying a clear camera for your paranormal investigation, putting food on the table for your kids, my God, put food on the table for your kids. You know, I don't own a clear camera. I've, I've played with them before. I've used them before. Um, I have rarely caught any paranormal activity with a FLIR camera. Usually it's like you're, you're, looking, at, you're looking at the image. You're, you're seeing, well, there may be something back there. You know, I just saw a recent uh, piece of footage that was thrown up there you know, onto the Internet that I know for a fact it was a reflection off a window, even though the group is trying to say, well, no, there's no reflective surface. Like, I, I know the house. That's the that's a dining room window. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, some of this technology just leads to, you know, even, you know, even more infighting and you don't necessarily need it. You know, there's, there's rarely a piece of activity that's picked up off of something like a clear camera. Um, you know, I've talked with uh, a number of people recently that are even debating as to whether or not to, you know, keep infrared cameras around because they have, you know, spent all this money on these expensive infrared cameras and they're just not getting the, the type of activity that they thought they would off of a, you know, off the infrared cameras. Um, you know, so it's, you know, I take a very, you know, simple bag with me. You know, I, I have a couple of cameras, you know, flashlight, audio recorder, um, a notebook, uh, have a couple of, you know, EMF detectors, um, that have, you know, been handy throughout the years. And, you know, that's really it, you know, the other gadgets, they're, you know, like I said, feel free to experiment. But if you don't have that kind of money, then you don't have to. There, You can do a, a paranormal investigation on a, on a limited budget, no problem. Do you think television's to blame on that? Because, let's face it, everything's got to look pretty in front of the television camera. We see all the shows, they have the FLIR cameras, they have the night vision, they have the laser grids, they have the the laser programs on iPads that show stick figures coming on out of ceilings and everything. You know, do you think because television has increased the awareness of this, that it's bumped everything up technologically so much that the regular average ghost hunter, even though he doesn't need that piece of equipment, feels that they got to go get it. Well, of course, it makes people feel that they uh, that they have to go get it. You know, the latest and greatest, and people always want the latest and greatest. You know, they do that on the shows because, you know, with with television, you have to keep upping the ante. You know, what you know, if you keep doing the same things over and over and over again, your audience gets bored. So for television, they have to keep introducing new things, even if it's you know the most ridiculous thing that you could possibly think of to try to you know, discover paranormal activity, they're throwing it out there just because it's something different and they have to keep the content fresh, um, you know, which does a disservice to the viewer because, yeah, the, the viewer's thinking, oh, I have to go get this now. This is, this is the latest and greatest, even though it's not really discovering paranormal activity. They're just throwing an experimental piece of equipment out there, you know, to see if they might get something. But, yeah, the viewer is thinking that, well, that is something that I have to go get now because that is the latest and greatest. Just like, you know, in your everyday life, you know, there are people out there that think they have to have the latest and greatest of everything, whether it's a, you know, TV or, you know, 
you know, the latest DVD player, uh, I guess Blu-ray. What, what, you know, there, there are those types of people out there that always want the latest and greatest. And so, yes, television is definitely, uh, you know, throwing those things out there at them. When you look at paranormal television, and I know you've been around, and Vanessa has has done paranormal TV as well. Do you think, for the most part, even though we already know that ghost hunting doesn't happen that quickly, it takes time, do you think that the majority of people who enter a ghost investigation think it's going to be exactly like they think it is on TV then? Well, the people that are coming in new, yeah, I, I imagine they, they probably do. Um, you know, they see all of this happen, you know, within essentially 40 minutes worth of time. It's an hour long show. You have 20 minutes worth of commercials. Um, and so, yeah, basically within 40 minutes, they see all these different things happen, even though uh, with the television shows, a lot of them are out there, you know, three, four days um, doing these investigations. And so they've, you know, taken the highlights of uh, the investigation that spans many, many hours um, to put into the show. And of course that is, you know, that makes for entertaining television, um, you know, any little bit that they may have come across. And some of these investigations are coming across very little. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you might have a particular show where it's like, yeah, well that one, you know, the average viewer might be, yeah, that one was okay. When you think about it, they've got like two little bits of evidence over the span of four days. That concept isn't quite registering in the uh, the newer viewers' mind. They're just you know seeing it play out to them in in a span of forty minutes. So, uh, yeah, that that definitely also does a disservice to um, you know the casual viewer. But that's the way television lays it out. Um, you know, even with what I with what I do on YouTube, I mean, I, I have videos up there that are, you know, you know, an hour long that, you know, span the course of a night. But, you know, a lot a lot of material ends up on the, um, you know, editing room floor just because, you know, people don't want to see you sitting there for forty five minutes with nothing happening. <laughs> so. Um, but we we try to, um, you know, when we talk during our, you know, edge of the rabbit hole or um, like when Shauna and I are talking, you know, before and after um, a number of these videos, you know, we try to let the viewers know that, hey, you know, we were here for, you know, you know, three, four hours, whatever it is. These are the things that happen. You know, we're, we're trying to at least give them a realistic idea of, um, how the investigation has uh, played out. I have a question for you from Mark at hashtag Spaced Out Radio on Twitter. And Mark is asking, Mike, what do you bring for personal protection going into a ghost investigation? Anything? Do you feel a need for it? Explain. Um, yeah, that's, that's a question that I get um, quite often is, you know, about protection. And this is what I say about protection is that you know, everybody seems to have a, uh, a different method. And simply what I do is, you know, I say a little a quiet prayer to myself going in a little prayer, uh, quiet prayer coming out. Um, 
my take on it is whatever your belief system is, um, you know, if you truly believe that that is going to protect you through and through, then it's going to protect you. You know, whether that's uh, whether that's a prayer, whether it's some little ceremony you do beforehand, whether it's a particular stone or amulet that you carry with you, what have you. If you wholeheartedly believe that thing is going to protect you, it'll protect you. And it, and I don't I don't care what your belief system is. It, you know, whatever it is, if you truly believe it, it'll work. That's for a lot of people quite a vague comment. They're going to look at that and they're going to say, well, shouldn't it revolve around some sort of faith or religious belief? Well, yeah, for me, it's a, it centers around my religious belief. <laughs> but um, for for somebody that's a, a Native American going into a investigation, it's going to be their belief. You know, um, you know, for for somebody that's um, that's you know, a, a Wiccan or, or what have you, it's going to be their belief, you know? Um, you know, so I, I believe I'm protective with what I do. And, you know, if that person over there that's, um, you know, a Native American doing their protecting spells or, or what have you, their, their little ceremony, they truly believe that's going to protect them, it's going to protect them. So when you're out in the field... Whether you're on your own or you're with a camera crew or it's just you and Shauna kind of hanging around investigating a cemetery, what is it in your mind that you are trying to solve? Well, it kind of depends on the location. Um, like when we were doing the uh, the investigations at the Campsville Grade School, um, one of the things that we were trying to figure out, because we kept hearing these um, footsteps in the uh basically coming from the attic you know it, it sounded like a second floor um a uh a floor up there but there was no floor up there it was just rafters and blown insulation so one of the things that we were trying to figure out within our investigation there was um you know what had once been there you know was it another school another uh building maybe a house you know something like that so through the investigation through the research um that we did and you know Shauna having, you know, once grown up there, she was going to, um, like the, the, the county courthouse and, or the county clerk's office and getting all kinds of records and, um, and what have you. Um, so that was, that turned into more of a, uh, historic investigation, trying to figure out what had once been there. Um, with the goldenrod showboat now and the investigations that we've started doing here in the last couple of months, um, we start following up on some very unusual activity that, um, is quite different than what used to happen at the boat before it was, uh, shut down for about six months where we've seen, um, what seems to be, uh, fairy activity going on. So that's led us in a whole nother different supernatural realm of, um, of investigating and research. So yeah, it, it just really comes down to the, the location that we're at. Do you find, though, that the same places getting investigated over and over again is getting a little boring? And the reason why I ask that is 
I've been trying with this show, Mike, to focus on a lot of Canada. And I actually had one of my teammates, Everett, say to me the other day in conversation, why is it that we don't hear of any of these big-time paranormal stories coming out of Canada? That's because literally 90% of the population lives within 100 miles of the Canada-U.S. border. And most of the investigation of the country when they were trying to figure out where the hell everything was happened north of that. And there are haunted places everywhere. Do you feel that we are not doing enough to try and investigate this virgin territory of paranormal investigation and we're still going to all of these paranormal touristy type spots instead? Well, yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on. I mean, there's um, so many places out there that have paranormal activity that we're just not aware of. Um, Again, it kind of comes back to, you know, a television again, you know, uh, a lot of these locations have been, have become quite famous um, for their paranormal activity. And, you know, you have, you have to think of where, you know, some of these shows are originating from, like, you know, Ghost Adventures, which I enjoy the, the first half of the show of Ghost Adventures, where they really dive into the, um, you know, the history and the, the stories of, you know, what's happened at these locations. But you have to think about it. It's on Travel Channel. So their main purpose is to, you know, show these different locations to travel to that, you know, okay, their angle is paranormal activity, but it's, it's, it's a travel show. Um, so you know, there's, there's something at stake for these touristy locations is to get, you know, visitors there. And, uh, you know, a lot of these places that are actually teeming with, you know, paranormal activity, they're not, they're not necessarily a tourist spot. Um, but there's still plenty of activity that, that goes on there. So, um, I think there's a, a number of locations out there for us to yet still discover and, um, and really see, you know, what's out there, um, out in the realm of the paranormal. The beautiful part about living up north where I do, my friend, is everywhere you look, you can just point out, oh, that place is haunted. That place is haunted. I have a farmer in my territory, and i got to end this quick here because we're going to go to a break here. I have a farmer in my territory here who has a farm that's literally about 12 miles long giant giant ranch and i asked him one day because his barn is like 120 years old i asked him one day just point blank i said how haunted is this barn and he kind (laughs) of he kind of looked at me strange like uh what are you talking about and i'm like and then finally he took a deep breath and he goes nowhere near as close as haunted as the the property around I'll get more into that after this break. You're listening to Space Out Radio. Mike Ricksecker is our guest. Edge of the Rabbit Hole is his radio show with Vanessa Hogel, who's going to join us next hour as well. You're listening to Space Out Radio. We'll be back right after this. From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them. 
Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at spacedoutradio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. Looking for news beyond the mainstream news? Head to spacedoutradio.com and check out the SOR Spacewire. This is Spaced Out Radio's Eric Markham, news director for the SOR Spacewire. Daily, I will bring you intriguing stories and outlandish reports from what's going on around the world. UFO sightings, paranormal activity, conspiracies, alternative health, and so much more. And if you have news, email me at news at spacedoutradio.com. Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sight Lines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sight lines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit, and expect a miracle. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media, have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com, where I, Vincent Zunza, and my super sleuth partner, Alexandra Sullivan, track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Oh, there's only one way to rock. Loud and proud. In high definition, Radio 702 Rocks. Las Vegas. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us. 
So sit down, relax, put your feet up. Enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. Hope to see you there. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Welcome back to the second hour of Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you along for the ride. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening in on the United Public Radio Network live on 107.7 FM in New Orleans, good to have you with us. If you're listening in in Las Vegas on Renegade Talk Radio, thank you for allowing us into your home at night. And, of course, if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Valetudinarian is your password. Valetudinarian. Use it wisely if you are a space traveler because we really don't want you getting caught up in all of that SOR emotion that's out there. Absolutely. Hey, tomorrow night on the show, Craig Campobasso is going to join us. We're talking aliens. We're talking Valiant Thor. It's going to be a great show tomorrow night. Thank you so much. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio if you also want to get to us with a question, a comment, or you just want to snark us because that's what happens over there. If you want to give our Facebook page a like, we'd like that. Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. And our website is spacedoutradio.com. Mike Ricksecker. And Vanessa Hogel join us from Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We appreciate both you guys coming on tonight. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. It's it's an absolute pleasure now. Vanessa, you're kind of walking into the conversation a little bit cold here because Mike and I got everything all fired up around these parts. But That's just the way I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> Right before the break, we started talking about paranormal tourism. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Vanessa, we're going to start with you on this one because you're kind of new to the conversation. There's a lot of groups out there where they continually go to the same areas, whether it's Gettysburg, whether it's Waverly Hills, Alcatraz, you name it. Every state has their most haunted former prison, school, whatever it may be. Are we done with that? Or is paranormal tourism something that just continues to generate interest in this field? Well, it's, it's a double-edged sword, really. Um, 
anything that can shed a positive light or broaden somebody's, you know, perception or knowledge or even just their general idea of this field and maybe open up people's minds, I'm all for it. I think it's great. Um, but, <laughs> the, the, but the flip side of that, um, the flip side of that is that when you have specific locations sometimes that are dependent on having people come through, like you said, you know, paranormal tourism, to me it opens up a, a you know, a, a door where things might become less true <laughs> or less um, authentic. You know, because it's with all the shows and everything out there, it's it's all about you know you got to feel something in an hour, or damn it, it ain't haunted, and that's just not the fact. That's not true, you know. And so, I mean, I think I think because of paranormal tourism, you have a chance, you have a greater chance of having people fake evidence or set things up to make it seem haunted, so that they can keep people coming in. So it's it's a double edged sword, really. I, I'm you know I'm not a big fence straddler, but I got to kind of straddle that one. That really kind of converted, didn't it? Not really, not really. <laughs> okay. no, but, <laughs> but the whole the whole the whole point, Mike. I guess where I'm going with this is sure it's great to bring awareness to to the field of the paranormal research by having these paranormal tours and places but are we learning anything about it are we learning any more than what we already know because when i look at things and maybe i'm looking at it from a skeptical point of view i see a bunch of people who just want to get scared and are hoping to get that that first hand fright that can happen with seeing a true ghost. Yet, if I see people who are saying going off into the wilderness or into someplace else that's haunted that maybe hasn't been investigated, I'm looking at someone who actually wants to find answers to what the heck is going on. Maybe it's life after death. Maybe it's something along the lines, Mike, of trying to solve a mystery that hasn't been solved in a long time. Example, up in my area, we're right along the Gold Rush Trail. There's literally millions of dollars buried here by former prospectors who've now long passed because it's 150 plus years ago, who buried gold in the hills. There's still people out there looking every single day, hoping to find one of these treasures. The paranormal could help in maybe trying to find those types of answers if you're seeking true answers to this field rather than just the freak high that people do get. Well, I understand where you're coming from, where certainly there's um, a a number of people that are simply going to uh, haunted locations to, you know, get that thrill ride. And I I think that's kind of um, one of the unfortunate side effects of uh, television, where earlier I was talking about how you know, one of the good things is that it has uh, allowed people to be able to open up and come forth with their experiences, which is great. Um, however, um, you also have those that are just simply looking for uh, that bit of a thrill ride. And, you know, now the television, these locations have provided them an opportunity. Um, but that's also always kind of been with us. I mean, it used to be back in the day where, you know, it was the old abandoned house. Um, 
across the street that, you know, kids would be daring themselves to go into, you know, Hey, you know, you know, we're going to dare him to go in there and, you know, get spooked in the, in the old haunted house. Um, so that's kind of always been with us, but now it's on this more grandiose scale. Uh, I mean, I think there's still, you know, when it comes to these, you know, bigger areas, I think there, there's still maybe answers to be learned um, from, you know, like, I don't know, Eastern State or Ohio State Reformatory or something like that, because there's still, you know, the spirits that are there, you know, they are still um, people. So there's still things that we could probably learn uh, about them on a, on a personal level. Um, we kind of have the idea of what's, what happened um, at those prisons and, and what have you. I mean, we know the history. So there's not too much more to find out there. But if you're able to, to go back and get in very, on a very personal level with some of these individual spirits, there might be something to glean, be able to uh, be gleaned from there. Now, as far as well, locations that aren't as um, well-known um, or maybe have a legend behind them that um, isn't necessarily true, like I'll give an example. You're talking about the, the gold areas up there. Um, Shauna and I were just at the other day um, in Ohio, what is commonly referred to as the Gore Orphanage. Well, it wasn't really an orphanage. You know, it was actually um, a mansion, and there was an orphanage that ended up owning that land but never actually used the building. So right there, there's already fallacies within the story. But there were tragedies that happened there uh, with the families that lived there. You had um, one family there where four of the children died within a span of seven days. Um, had nothing to do with the stories of the orphanage and the fire that supposedly happened there, which didn't really happen there. Um, so there's a lot to be learned and um, discovered, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, from this location about what really happened there as opposed toward the legend that's grown up around it. So I understand where you're coming from, and I think, um, you know, in a lot of ways what you're saying is true, but I, I wouldn't totally discredit uh, the bigger locations. Like I said, I think there's a, some more we can learn from on a personal level, but definitely a lot that we can learn from these locations that just aren't as well known. Well, and the thing is, is, like for myself, the three most haunted or most active, let's just take the word haunted out of there. The three most active places I've ever been, ever, that scared the, the Jesus out of me, were private residences. These aren't places that people can get into. And you, you have, in order to have this field out there and to be able to be in public discussion, you, you almost have to have the people that are just looking for a thrill. You really do, and it's unfortunate, but it's true, just like Mike said. And they can't get into these private residences, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even list the names of the people that, have, that own the residences I've been to because it's, you know, that they don't, they don't want people showing up on their doorstep. So if you, have, you have to have that negative aspect of it in order to get the positive aspect out of it. Do you, know, do you understand what I'm saying? It's just it's it's two different sides of the same coin. You have to have one in it in order to have the other. It's balance. And like I said, I understand Vanessa the whole need for the paranormal mm -hmm. tourism, and the more we can keep 
this going, the more we are going to have people striving to find the answers to what's out there. But like I was saying to Mike in the first hour, Vanessa, one of the issues Uh that we have is we have too many people out there investigating, in my opinion, who have no clue what the answers are. They have no clue what they are looking for. Example, I have Mm -hmm. on many times, and I've mentioned this on this show a plethora of times, when... I love the plethora. Yes, I do. I love plethora. Uh, yeah. plethora. Plethora is our drinking word. It's our drinking word around here. So, anyhow, when we have all of these teams, and I've talked to paranormal teams many a times, it happens monthly here, where I get people reaching out to me, hey, we want to be on Space Out Radio. Great, what do you do? Well, we investigate ghosts. Wonderful. What do you do with your evidence? Well, we collect it. Then what? Well, then, 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 then we go through it and and we and we check it out to see if we got anything good. Wonderful. What do you do after that? Well, we we put it in our database. Wonderful. What do you do with it from there? Silence. You exactly. could hear the and you could hear the crickets. You just hit it. You just touched on the biggest problem in the paranormal field. You just hit the nail on the head right there with what you just said. And Mm -hmm. what you're leading into is the fact that nobody, I mean, except for Mike. Mike puts his his stuff out there. He shares it. I mean, he's looking for opinions, you know, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but he wants people involved. You know, they want people involved. And so many teams and individuals out there hoard that evidence like it's gold. Like, they, like they're waiting, and I'm just going to put this out there, and people can be pissed at me if they want, because they, you know, I don't care. But it's like they're waiting for some Hollywood producer to come knocking on their door, because they heard somewhere that they have the most, they have the golden, you know, the, 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 the holy grail of paranormal evidence. Or they have, you know, absolute proof that, that life after death exists. And, pe- and people ask me all the time, how, you know, how, how prove to me, how can you... How could you possibly believe in that? I'm like, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Dead people talk to me. I don't have a choice. I have to believe in it. They tell me shit. I have no way of knowing. I tell the other people, and all is right with the world. I don't need proof. I'm not looking for proof. I'm not looking to prove it to anyone else. I don't care. I get what I get. I pass it along, put it to the right channels. And hope that the message gets through. That's all I can do. But mm. not everybody else out there does that. They do exactly what you said. They hoard it. Like it's gold. When you and I discussed this before, if they treated this like a science, they actually wouldn't do that. You have to share information in order, in order to progress. And people mm. don't want to do that. You, you hit the nail on the head. That is the problem right there. And because mm-hmm. people can't shut their egos at the door. Mm-hmm. Vanessa, are you near your computer right now? You want me to get on stop, don't you? I, I do. You're, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I'm getting I'm getting messages in the chat room. What is what is she saying? It sounds important. Oh my stars! Yeah, I have, my phone's a piece of shit. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Okay, oh. so let me let me keep you on the phone while I get on this thing. I'm uh. I'm near it. I just got to get it going. So. And y'all know I gotta get my cigarettes too. 
Well, yes, yes. So while we're waiting for Vanessa to get all cozy in in front of her computer on Skype, Mike, would you say that you agree with what Vanessa is saying, that, you know, there's a common attitude out there that, you know, all the groups, they want to collect as much evidence as possible. They want to hoard that evidence but in reality, there is no point as to why they are hoarding it because they don't have a solution for what they're doing with it. Yeah, I would agree that that is definitely a problem. And I've seen that before where you know, somebody had you know, posted up a live feed and you know, I'd seen some you know, fantastic uh, phenomenon happen on there and then pulled down, the, um, pulled down the live feed. And I said, well, why is that? And like, well, I'm afraid somebody's going to you know, steal the evidence. And it's like, well, then... You know, how do you plan on eventually sharing that? And like Vanessa said, it's like, you know, they're, they're waiting to share it with, you know, some, um, you know, producer of some show, but you know, one of the, it's, it's kind of a catch 22. It doesn't even make any sense because nobody's going to come to you. You know, if that's, if that's your thing, and I don't believe you should be in this, you know, trying to get on some show. Um, but if that's your thing, um, you know, nobody's actually going to know that you have collected this if you don't share it. So they're not going to know who you are. So they're not going to offer you a show. And if they do finally come along and offer you some sort of, of show opportunity, it's going to have nothing to do with the evidence that, um, you've collected. It's going to do with their show idea and what they want to do. So hoarding it is pointless um what we do i mean we put we put out there what we find and you know we'll share what we think um it may be most of the time because there's other times that you know we've caught something and we're not quite sure exactly what it is we don't have all the answers you know um and, and we're not going to say we have all the answers but we'll put things out there that are like well this is something something's going on here um, it may be paranormal. It may not be. You be the judge. You give us your opinions and let us know what you think of it. Because we think that those uh, people that are you know, watching our videos and what have you on the Hunter Road Media channel, they are another set of eyes and ears. You know, a whole, you know, however many people are watching it, hundreds, thousands, whatever, um, that can chime in with their opinions on what they think it may actually be. And that, you're absolutely right. Are y'all, can y'all hear me now? You're sounding beautiful. Okay, great. Because I don't look it. I ain't even going to lie to you. I'm so glad it's not a video call. Um, Mike is so unbelievably correct in that statement right there. Um, beyond perception of investigators that I, um, that I in- investigate with, and I'm going there again in three weeks to Virginia to investigate with them again, I can't tell you how much evidence that they've gotten from their videos they put on YouTube that they missed. That somebody else watched the video and said, hey, y'all didn't mention this and go to this time on this video and you'll see this. And I mean, that's just one of the, like Mike said, that's a very important, you know, tool to have. It's all, it's all other sets of eyes and ears being able to check it out and, and kind of and feel more involved. And not like there's, oh, these people are stars because they're on Facebook or whatever. It's stupid. And, uh, you know, like they can't, they can't become, they can't talk to them or whatever because, like, they hoard that shit and they don't want to share it. They don't, they don't want to give anything away. And I think they do that in a way just to kind of make themselves feel a little bit more important. 
which is really kind of pathetic when you think of it. Well, let me get your opinion then. And I asked Mike this in hour number one, Vanessa. What okay. is what is right and what is wrong with the paranormal field in your mind and estimation right now? The biggest problem in the paranormal field, I've told you this before, and it has not changed, is ego. That is the biggest problem. Um, everybody wants to be a Zach Baggins. Everybody wants to be a Jason Hawes. You know, um, and the fact of the matter is, it, no, that shouldn't be the reason for being in this field. If it is, be honest. Just be honest about it. You know, I know a group in England who does, um, they do a parody of Most Haunted. They are making no bones about it. You know, they're, they, they're getting out there and they're investigating, but they're taking on the personas of the, of the actors and the actresses in the UK show Most Haunted. Everybody knows it. You know, so I mean, they're upfront and honest about that. But especially over here and overseas for, uh, you know, for certain cases, it isn't about getting out there and actually finding out what's going on and getting answers for living people and giving closure for dead people. It isn't about that. It's about how many likes can I get on this? How many people um, can I get to follow me? Because I say I'm in the paranormal field. No joke. And, I mean, it's, it's all based in ego and that is the number one biggest problem out there is people don't want to go out and investigate for two or three hours and not get nothing and admit it they don't want to do that you know so they'll either fake evidence or they just they'll they'll boost it up real big oh you're not going to believe what we got and this was an amazing investigation and you really should check out this location but you never see anything you never hear any EVPs, you never see any video, you never see nothing. It's all hype. And hype is fueled by ego. And I have not changed my answer on that, and I don't see it changing in the future. I gotta read this comment because I think it's hilarious. This comes from Zombie Cupcake at hashtag Spaced Out Radio on Twitter. And the sarcasm is fantastic. She goes, I'm on Facebook, so I'm legit. I'm on Facebook, so I am a star. You can't talk to me. I have secret ghost vids you'll never see. I, 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 think, oh that, I think that is absolutely brilliant. Because in reality, as we turn to the social media side of everything, it's true, isn't it, Mike? We have these people, just like Vanessa said... You know, who say, oh, you got to check out this place. we got some amazing footage, and then they show something. It's not there, you know, or they are all over it on their opinions, and if you don't like me, I'm going to block you. I'm going to delete you. Social media has become a paranormal nightmare. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> the, the, the amount of drama that's, that's out there, and, you, and you, <laughs> there's people that, you know, clamor for, you know, paranormal unity, which, which would be great if it you know is ever actually feasible, but a, a lot of those things, and I'm not going to you know name names or whatever because there's a lot of great people within the field, but there's some of them that are even clamoring for the paranormal unity that at the drop of a dime they'll you know all of a sudden stir up drama. It's it's just ridiculous, <laughs> you know. It it really is. It's Mike is un he's so correct on that, and you know it's 
for, for me, and I mean, I can't speak for Mike, but I mean, he'll answer this too. When it comes to par the paranormal stuff, I haven't blocked anybody. I answer every message I possibly can if I can get to it fast enough. I've received death threats, Dave, for not answering messages fast enough when they were requesting a reading. This is no joke. I just actually told this to Emily tonight um, on Facebook. But, I mean, I don't block anybody. I try to talk to everybody. If they ask me something, if I have the answer, I'll give it to them. If I don't, I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue. I don't know. Let me see if I can. And you, you can actually go on and ask people this. If I don't know the answer, I will try to find somebody else in the paranormal community that does. Because it ain't about me. You know, I'm like, if I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I, I can't do this reading. Let me put you in line with someone who might be able to help you. But so many other people, just they don't want to do that because then they feel like they've lost their control over the situation. Their chance for 15 minutes of fame. And that's pathetic. Okay, so let's get into this part then. Because this is important. This is where it's all leading to. And Mike, we'll start with you on this one. Where do you suggest people find training then? Because most people are getting training off of the internet. They're getting training off of the television shows. They got 14 years of episodes of Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International and, you know, whatever other ghost show is out there. That's where they're learning from. How do you suggest any rookie or person who wants to get into this field actually develops a proper set of training? Well, this is what I tell people because, yeah, there's only – you're not going to get training off the shows. You know, you can find out some information about some of the locations and what have you, um, and maybe it gives you a little taste of, um, you know, some of those places. But um, as far as, you know, actual training, what I tell people is, you know, find a, you know, a reputable – um, paranormal group in your area that's been doing this for a long time and do your research and you know, don't just go to any old group because there's some of them that have been around for they may have been around for a while but still are um, bunch of you know, not so reputable <laughs> yes um, so do some research but find a um, a reputable group that's well respected and and you know um kind of work with them for for a while you know and if you don't click you know try to find another reputable group but don't go out there and just rush off you know try to do things on your own or grab a couple friends and say hey let's you know um you know hop the fence over here and you know jump into this what we think is a haunted house you know don't do that <laughs> but um yeah try to find somebody uh, around that that's reputable that can help actually be a mentor to you and i guess that's the word i'm looking for is you know find somebody who can actually mentor you in the paranormal and not just um you know throw a k2 meter in your hand and say well go to it you know you know find, find somebody who can actually uh be a mentor mm -hmm. that mentor could be hard to find and by the way zombie cupcake on hashtag space radio vanessa is giving you a big prop here. She says, tell those death threat bitches you're going to do some hoodoo on them. 
She might need an autograph. She may need an autograph. Anyhow, I want to uh, just get to a question from Joyce here in the SOR Space Travelers Club. She is asking, and Mike, we'll start with you on this one. Do you think the romance of a haunting eventually becomes more important than resolving why a haunting continues after all concerned have passed? Um... I guess it depends on the person, <laughs> really, because I, I'm, I, I mean, for me personally, I'm always trying to, you know, find out the why behind it all. Um, yeah, I think some people may kind of get stuck in a rut. Um, I can't speak for them, but um, for me, it's always the um, the why, the the origins, the backstory, the, the history, the getting down to the root of the matter that always drives me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think some people kind of, you know, get stuck and kind of, um, you know, kind of, kind of lose that focus. You guys want to hear something freaky? Always. So my wife is very, very much in tune. And she sends me this text message downstairs here because our master bedroom is right above my studio here. She sends it about seven minutes ago. She's like, we are really being watched tonight. I said, by who? She goes, alien greys like their eyes. It's interesting, though. The other night I felt like owl energy. Oh, and I sense a cougar around here, too. I said, damn, that's why my dog wanted out of our studio so bad. Because I had to, put, when you were answering, I had to put my mic on mute to go let him out. And she goes, it was around about an hour ago for the cougar, but maybe it's still around. Just watch yourself if you go outside. It's on your side of the house, further away like the neighbor's yard maybe, which has happened in this area. Saw a cougar a year ago in my neighbor's yard. And she goes, the alien's energy is watching more out of the front yard. God, I love that shit when it happens. I do. <laughs> I do. You have no idea That's how awesome. you have no idea how goosebumpy I am. My my wife That's is a, awesome. My wife, she is a a very much a, a uh, an experiencer. So when she starts picking up something, I kind of believe it. You know, one time, oh geez, probably about a year ago, year and a bit ago, she freaked out when I came upstairs after the show. And she could. She's like, "What time is it? What's going on?" I said, "Well, the show is over. I'm coming to bed. You know, like I do every single night." And she goes, "Oh my god!" She goes, "I feel like I just got back." So she believes actually that she was actually taken while I was down here doing the show. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> That's the stuff that goes on around the old Scott you know, household that's here. That's awesome, though. That's awesome. Um, damn. I just... <laughs> oh, shoot. So if any of our spiritual mediums who are out there, including Vanessa, pick up on any extraterrestrial or mountain lion-type energy, let me know. I'm not, Believe it or not, I'm not worried about the cougar. I'll tell you why. That's my totem animal. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. I'm o- I'm okay with that. I'm very much okay with that. I'm I'm not worried about that whatsoever. You know, 
But the alien stuff, yeah, what the hell? I'm okay with that one too, as long as they're benevolent. I'm okay. And yeah, no- <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Uh, there lies the problem. Uh, um, go okay. ahead. No, oh, I want. I wanted to address something real quick. Uh, what you had asked Mike about um, possible, you know, teaching, you know, um, finding a mentor or something like that. Um, with how people mostly get their stuff off of TV, it, it, especially if you're here, like in Oklahoma, where I am, there it, it is few and far between of being able to find reputable people to become involved with. Um, Up so, there in Oklahoma, that's true, yeah. Exactly, yeah, I'm in, I'm in bumfuck out here. I mean, they, they just, these people think I'm, you know, Satan, okay? Um, which I'm really not, you know, I'm a sweet gal. But if they, ha- if they had no choice, if where they were was not, you know, a comfortable place to be when it came to doing this type of thing, and they did have to venture out on their own, the best thing they could do is watch the first season of Ghost Hunters. Anything after that, no. But the first season, because that's, you know, I, I did watch that. I haven't watched those shows in years, but I did watch that. And they were really about the investigation, about debunking it. If it, if it was crap, there was less Hollywood you know, jargon in it, and they really did seem to be in it for the right reasons. And I, I respected it. Most of the episodes for any show after that, I, I sat and I would pick apart. So I just quit watching them. So I'm like, don't, don't be a douche. Don't do that. That's stupid. You know, <laughs> whatever it was they were doing. But that first season, if they, if they don't have a choice, that would be what I would tell them to do. Because it's probably the most legit. Let's get to another question from Joyce. And Mike, we'll start with you on this one. She is saying, what becomes of the souls who, in the afterlife, are forgotten to the romance? Isn't it more important that those souls be validated, forgiven, and or released? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I I don't believe in, uh, quote-unquote, releasing a soul unless they want to be released. Um, And then you'd have to find somebody who can legitimately... Uh, do that. I, I, I think too often um, we have people that go into these locations that you know their sole focus for whatever reason is going in and releasing souls because they believe that uh, that's what we should be doing. We should be you know making them move on to the light. Um, but you know a lot of these uh, a lot of these souls that are there, a lot of these spirits, um, there is a reason why they're there. You know, a, a lot of times they have a uh, you know, a message that they want to pass on. Sometimes they just want to be left alone. You know, sometimes they just, you know, maybe they're, um, whatever happened to them in life, maybe they were, you know, uh, depressed about something or sad about something. They just want to be left alone. So, um, you know, I don't think we should necessarily force ourselves upon them to try to make them, uh, you know, move on or what have you. But we can ask them that. Um, and I think that's part of the investigation is, you know, discovering, um, you know, why they're there, if there's anything that we can do, uh, to help them, if there's something that we can, you know, maybe let the world know about them, you know, maybe there's a, maybe they just want their story told, you know, and that's, that's where I say that, you know, we can become a voice for, 
the spirits. So um, I think it's important first to find out um, exactly what it is the spirits want, um, and, and then if they if that is something they desire to be released, then um, you know, we can find somebody who has the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Vanessa, what's your take on that? Um, I actually have a really personal experience with this um, when it comes to the the romance part of it. Uh, I don't really consider it romantic, but I understand the terms that you're talking about with that. Um, the last time I was in Virginia, and one of the reasons I'm going back now, we came upon, well, we, I went there for a case, a specific case at a residence. And you like to think that anyone that would be involved with it is no longer living until you realize that you are one of the descendants of people that were involved in it, which is what myself and two members of BPI found out while I was there, that we're all three descendants and we've only known each other for a year and a half. So uh, we're at this private residence and it was a, a horrible place. It was a slave barn. People were kept in it. An absolutely horrific creature was there. One that I never would have believed would have existed had I not have seen it with my own eyes. And Gwen Clapper, who is the founder of BPI, she was taken over by somebody who wanted desperately to let us know what this thing did. And uh, the fact that it was children that were kept in this barn. Um for reasons I don't want to discuss right now. Um, and uh, I was there and I was able to talk to this person that took her over because it wasn't Gwen. And I was able to get the message out of her through Gwen and subsequently calm that situation down. And to, to me, that, that isn't romantic. It was terrifying I'm so glad that it happened. I never wanted to do it again, yet I'm going to do it again. Um, but it, it's it that's that's what people need to be focusing on is not not the oh spirits and how romantic it is, but to get that message because you never know where it's going to come from. You got to be willing to listen. You you got to be willing to hurt sometimes. You got to be willing to put yourself out there um, to either a look like a fool, you know, b get the hard beat out of you because we did Chris left there with welts and scratches all over him I was bruised and beaten and Gwen was just demolished and you you have to be willing to do that and that isn't romantic that's what this field is that's that is the nuts and bolts of it is being willing to do that and not because other people think it's cool but because it needs to be done and I'm never going to change on that, neither are they. So as long as people are out there and they're, and they're doing this for those reasons, to find those answers and to pass on those messages, then it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't die out, you know. And this is from stuff that happened before the Revolutionary War. So anyone that you would think would be directly connected to, to these is gone. That, that's not necessarily the case. We're all descendants from somebody. So you never know what connection you're going to have when you go to a particular location. So getting back on track here with the whole topic of social media, the way we were were 
discussing it. Has this been more of a hindrance than a help to the paranormal field? Mike? Um, you know, it, it's twofold. I, I think um, in a lot of ways it's been a help, especially the early days of the Internet, where um, you know, the, the community first kind of came together. Says, like, like I kind of talked about earlier, you know, before it was whatever you might be able to find in your local library, maybe a couple people around town that had similar experiences, and that was it. Um, the, the Internet really helped to... Um, close those gaps and you were able to find you know, other people that had experiences and um, you were able to find out more information about you know, different theories that were out there and different realms of the supernatural um, and what have you and you know, as the internet grew and social media um, you know, kind of came about you know, we didn't always have Facebook and, and all that um, it helped to bring those communities together but you know, nowadays, uh, there's a lot of that infighting that social media has brought about. So I think it did a lot of a lot of good um, at the outset. But um, these days, it's you know kind of be, uh, become that two-headed monster that um, has really you know caused a lot of infighting, which is not good for the paranormal community. Mm-hmm. Vanessa, you've seen this all too well, and even firsthand, as you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. Would you say that social media, for all the intents and purposes that it's supposed to be out there for, which is human communication, has really taken a real, a real low context of what the paranormal field is like? Well... Sorry, I had to exhale there. Um, it it has, but I'm I'm going to do something that might be a little bit off the beam here, and again, it might you know might take a couple people off. But uh, I'm going to put the responsibility on the air quote fans that are out there for the different groups and the different individuals. You know, it is it, any of us that are that are out there as laymen when it comes to the paranormal field. Because none of us are experts. Okay, so nobody is immune to this statement I'm getting ready to make. Um, it is up to us as individuals and as groups to decide who we will and will not support when it comes to things like this. If, if you are following teams on YouTube, and I don't care who they are. doesn't have to be me. doesn't have to be Mike. Whoever you're following, if they are holding up their end of the bargain, disclosing their evidence... Wanting comments, encouraging public involvement. If they are doing those things and are not blocking and bashing every person who doesn't agree with them, got nothing but love for you. Got nothing but love for you. I might not agree with everything you say, but you're keeping it real. And I can't hate on you for that. So that is the public's responsibility to weed out those who are doing this the right way and those who are doing it, you know, for totally selfish reasons. And, I mean, we're all smart enough. We know. You know, I mean, we can look We can look at somebody's videos on YouTube or their Facebook or their Instagram or their Twitter and your gut will instantly tell you, no, nah, that's crap. <laughs> it will instantly tell you. And no one listens. I think a lot of people get followed 
because of the drama. Because people are finding the drama and the infighting more entertaining than the paranormal evidence is, I don't know, uh, knowledge inducing, you know, or, or comforting or whatever you want to put on it. They like the drama instead of the actual stuff they're supposed to be following. And that's sad. It isn't social media. It's us. We as a people, we have to be responsible. And right now, we're not doing it. We're not doing the right thing. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Bill Hauser has a question for you. Mike, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on legend tripping for the experience? Legend tripping for the experience. Um, define legend tripping. Yes. He lost me on that one, too. Okay, Bill, <laughs> define the legend tripping, and then we'll move this one a little bit further. Thank you, but Anyhow, uh, sometimes I don't have time to actually get the definition because I'm a little busy as I go, so I trust hopefully taking a shot of the dark that sometimes a guest knows what we are talking about. You say tripping, and my my brain automatically goes elsewhere. So, <laughs> so I was thinking. Well, I had I, I think I have an idea of what he's referring to, but I just want to be sure that I'm you know, answering what he's looking at. Answered. Oh well, we got to wait for the delay because they are in a delay on that end. But let, let's move, oh, okay. let's move on here, and I'll get, I'll get back to that one as soon as as Bill responds. Social media, for the most part. I think has brought the paranormal into a free level because everybody wants to do everything for free. And when we see Facebook Live, when we see other types of recordings going on YouTube and other channels, Periscope, and we see what they're doing, you know, I don't know how many Facebook Live ghost hunting adventures I have watched. And not seen a damn thing. And and when I say that, I'm not trying to slam what the people are doing. I don't want this to be taken in a negative context because that's not what it's about. There are good people doing great work in this field. But it's the other 90% that just leave me scratching my head saying, what the Sam hell are we doing now in this field? And, you know, Vanessa, you even went into the whole the whole criticism aspect of social media. We get it on radio, too. Oh, yeah. We get it on here, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure you guys do as well. So how do you handle your criticism as a radio host? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got my hand raised. <laughs> got my hand raised. She always, is she always so polite, Mike? Raises her hand? Oh, yes, always. Okay, I, no, I actually—I no. <laughs> know, right? <laughs> Keep it real, darling. Keep it real. Um, <laughs> I have a—I have a very personal story on this. Okay, um, y'all know uh, that I have done, you know, other things with with other people, um, uh, doing different sh- uh, YouTube shows and stuff, and like unsolved crimes and uh, murder mysteries and stuff like that. And I, I do the best I can. I give you what I got. I can't offer any more than that. Okay, this is, I'm given the name, this is what I'm told in my head, and there you go, do with it what you will, hopefully it will help solve something. That's pretty much where my line draws. 
Um, and if you go and you look at the comments underneath, not so much this last one, but like the ones before, um, apparently I, put, I, I didn't realize it, but I had this big, beautiful target tattooed on my forehead when I was doing this. And uh, they just started taking shots. And, uh, you know, because they didn't believe me. Okay. Don't gotta. You know, not doing it for you. Doing it, <laughs> doing it in hopes to solve this. And since you're not involved, I don't really care. Um, but I would respond to them. And never mean. Never rude. Ne never nothing. Like, you know what? I highly encourage your skepticism. Question every darn word that comes out of my mouth. I have no problem with that. And if you can find any way to prove that I'm wrong, by all means, do so. Publicly. Will not hurt my feelings because it isn't about me. It's about the case I'm working on or the person I'm helping. And if I have to be wrong in order to get the right answer, so be it. Have no problem with that. Mike, what's your take on the criticism that comes along, even on something as minuscule as your show or my school, my show on a broadcasting level. Very simple. If I offend you, oh, I'm sorry, but maybe you needed to be offended. You know, it's, <laughs> I <love you>. um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, with, with anything that you put out there, you're opening yourself up to criticism. So yeah, it, it's going to happen. I just let her roll off my back. There's people that are, uh, are not going to like what I say. Um, you know, I've had uh, religious fanatics message me and you know try to throw the Bible at me and tell me that I'm chasing demons and you know all of that stuff. And it's like if they actually knew me in my background, it would be you know that idea of that is, is totally preposterous. So you know I just you know it, it, it's <laughs> you don't need to be a part of my world. If, if all you're going to do is come in, and I'm open to constructive criticism, okay? I'm not saying that, you know, if you're criticizing me, I'm going to block you. No. Um, I'm open to constructive criticism if you think that, you know, I, I've got this piece of evidence wrong or my theory over here is incorrect and you have an alternative idea and you want to have an uh, intelligent discussion about fine, I'm open to that. Uh, but if you're just going to, uh, you know, come in, um, you know, just blatantly criticize um, in a very uh, negative manner and just insult away and all that. I don't, I don't have time for that. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> don't need you. Um, and I just, I just let it roll. You know, I, I've, I've heard it all. <laughs> so I just, I forgot yeah, that it, it goes with the territory. When someone calls me a devil worshiper, I make a YouTube video and call them out. <laughs> You know, the thing that bothers me about it is I started this show strictly because I have a journalism background. Uh, I'm not afraid of a microphone. I, I paid enough college tuition to learn how to speak in front of one of these things. And I started this because I couldn't find the answers to what I am searching for into my own personal experiences. And I think it's funny when people try to call me out and try to tell me that what I saw, even though I had witnesses with me, wasn't what I really saw. Mm -hmm. And I love to ask them, oh, you were you were there? Because I, I don't remember seeing you. So you're in the middle of 
pick a state, let's say Kansas, and I'm up here in British Columbia in a place that you've never even heard of, let alone don't even know where it is on a map, but you know what I saw. That's, right. <laughs> you, you know, drives me nuts. Drives me just nuts. But some people just feel that they have to get that criticism in, that they just have to take that that knife and stab it in your back and turn it sideways before pulling it out because their opinion is different. Well, but you see, Dave, what you're dealing with, you're dealing with a whole other side of the paranormal. And that it, it is a fact that you have the people that want to be famous because of ghosts. And then you have a whole other group, Dave, that want to be famous because they want to prove those people wrong. Whether they believe it or not, it doesn't matter. That is, it's, it's two different types of being famous is what they're looking for. One to be a skeptic and one to be a believer. And they are both out there and they are both in, a, in, in driving forces trying to take over. And the rest of us that are actually in, you know, in here trying to do this for the proper reasons and, and do things like what you're doing and trying to bring answers to yourself and to others and like Mike is doing and Sean is doing and the teams I work with, we're kind of stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's these like arrows of insults flying over <laughs> our heads and every now and then we get stuck by one. And it's mm-hmm. sad. So, it's, it's a you, you have to have to do what we do. I mean, all of us. I mean, you have to have a tough skin. Uh huh. You, know? you really do. You, we are putting ourselves out there, and you know, it's it, the field is very open to criticism from from outside and from within. Uh-huh. So yeah, you have to develop that tough skin. And you know, while some of the and some of the things that are said are, are extremely uh, hurtful, you just you got to let them roll. Mm-hmm. We only have about two minutes left before we got to go to break. We can come out answering this question after the break. Mike, I know you will be disappearing, so thank you for being with us. Legend tripping, also known as ostension, is a name recently bestowed by folklorists and anthropologists on an adolescent practice containing elements of a rite of passage in which a usually furtive nocturnal pilgrimage is made to a site which is alleged to have been the scene of some tragic or horrific incident. So in layman's terms, astral travel to to a different place. I don't know if they would astral travel, but I could definitely see them going there. Well, when you say nocturnal, that's nighttime. Yeah, most people. Yeah, they're they're going they're going there at night to. I guess I didn't catch all of it. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. Uh, Mike, we got about uh, 30 seconds before we got to let you go. Vanessa and I are going to continue on. Tell us where people can find your books and Edge of the Rabbit Hole. All right. Well, Edge of the Rabbit Hole is on our YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash hauntedroadmedia. Of course, you can find us at hauntedroadmedia.com and uh, anything to do with me at mikericksecker.com. Um, of course, I'm up there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those wonderful places. Thank you so much, buddy. We Thank are gonna you very hop much. Out. We're going to hop out for a break. More with me and Vanessa Hogel, who's promised she's not going to be a potty mouth anymore. 
Listen, we'll, we'll be back with the both of them right after this. I love the paranormal talk with these two, and you can find more information about them also at spacedoutradio.com. The SOR Sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences. Hi there, this is Mike Schmidt. If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines, your answers are a click away. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. Hi there. I'm Butch Witkowski, lead investigator with Euphorcop. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries. So tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Witkowski's Strange Days. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit. And expect a miracle. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have. Questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. Have you checked out the SOR Spacewire at spacedoutradio.com yet? Every day we post the latest stories regarding the weird, strange, and completely unbelievable. From cryptid and UFO sightings to the conspiracy world, we tackle it all. Hi there, I'm Eric Markham, Space Out Radio's news director for the SOR Spacewire. And if you have a story, I want to hear it. Email me at news at spaceoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. 
For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio or our website, including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box, the iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box. The spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? Strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you'd join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between, hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Thank you so much for being with us along for this wonderful ride. Tomorrow night on the show, Craig Campobasso is going to join us for the first two hours. We're going to be talking Valiant Thor, Aliens, and what else is hiding up in space. Craig's going to join us at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. 
If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Also use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio in order to get your questions and comments to me while we are live on the air. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. And, of course, our website is spacedoutradio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month. We want to welcome in everyone listening in on Revolution Radio. The Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. United Public Radio Network, we are live on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. Good to have you with us. And of course, if you're listening in on Renegade Talk Radio, we are live in the nighttime of Las Vegas as well. Bill Cardwell has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Valetudinarian. Valetudinarian. If you can use it in a sentence, I'd like to hear you try it. But Bill sets the password each and every night here on Spaced Out Radio. Vanessa Hogel is with us. She is amped up tonight. Amped up. Vanessa, I'm welcome back. I'm toning it down. <laughs> We're getting a lot of compliments, especially from the Australian contingent, about your accent. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet of them. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they talk too. Exactly. Glad <laughs> I don't glad I don't have one of them their accents. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> you don't want it, trust well, me. Well, you know. Each their own, right? Each their own. <laughs> oh goodness. So, so I did something today. Uh oh. I did. Okay. And I think later this year, we are actually going to be hosting the first annual Spaced Out Radio Paracon. Where's it going to be at? Way up north in the boonies where I am. Yet another place I can't get to. Well, you might have to hitchhike. Okay. Catch, catch a plane, train, maybe an automobile. Okay. Be like the movie. It, honestly, it probably would. That's how it would turn out for me. Exactly. So, what what's happening here is in our, in our little town here, we have a lot of paranormal activity. There is a lot of UFO sightings, including back in 1988, in my town, just on the about a mile out of town. There was one of the best recorded alien abduction cases from a lady named Miriam Delicato Mm -hmm. where she got taken when her car was pulled off the highway and I'm trying to get her to speak I gotta come up with the lineup of speakers for right now but Mm -hmm. we're thinking it's going to be a three day event and I think it's going to be a lot of fun I really do Yeah. Let me know, because if I can get a plane ticket, I'll go. (laughs) Well, I I would love to. If you can get to Vancouver, we can get you a ride up here. That's not a problem. Okay. Not a problem whatsoever. That would be freaking awesome. You need a passport, though. I have that. Okay. Yeah. 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 I have that. Just because I went to England and Scotland. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you, I mean, well, they're saying now you have to have something along those lines to uh, travel even in the U.S. 
they have a, a different sort, but to me, just pay the extra 20 bucks and get the actual passport, and it covers everything. Absolutely. I'm going to feel that bad boy. Hide and watch. You know? Well, <laughs> I'm going to do well, it. We're, we're looking at the dates, and we're going to... I have, You know, it, it kind of happened fast today, because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about this for a while, actually a few months, and I've been talking to one of my buddies in town who runs a resort. Oh, wow. And, and he's like, he's like, dude, let's do this. He goes, in fact, my resort will actually host the event. That would be amazing. Yeah. So he's given us some incredible deals. And so I started thinking about it last night after the show. And then today, this morning, I couldn't get it out of my mind. And... Going back to the old social media thing, mm-hmm. I, I put up 10 people on there from my town who are on my Facebook page, and I said, hey, what do you all think about this? And all 10 of them responded, let's do it. Wow. Yes, yeah. that, that'd be fun. Sorry, I was holding smoke in. I'm awful. Um, that would be so much fun. Yeah. Hey, that hey, would- and you know this this community here that mm-hmm. I live in it's only a 2000 strong if that but they support everything. They well, su- I would imagine they've seen a lot. Yeah. You know, like I'm talking like our our local junior hockey team last year won the Cana- Western Canadian Championships. And within 2 days of that we had or the team uh, president had organized a a parade for the team, and you got to realize in a town of two thousand people, fifteen hundred people showed up for the parade. Holy moly! Like that's just the way it is around here. So we think we're going to run it. Uh, the dates that are tentative right now would be October 29th to November, or pardon me, September 29th to October 1st. Okay. And that would be one week after Eric Cooper and his team host the Forest Moon Paracon down in Concrete, Washington, where I will be speaking later this year. I saw year. that on the chat. I saw him talking yeah. about that. Yeah, okay. so... I'm pretty stoked about this. We have our first meeting on March 5th. And that's where we'll either solidify it or we will say, no, maybe we should plan this for next year. But I think we can put it together. I really think we can put it together. I bet you could. Um, Will it cover all aspects of the paranormal or will it gear mostly towards ufos and no like- no no we're in this area because there are so many hauntings uh-huh. literally literally almost every building here is haunted okay it's going to cover everything from hauntings to ufos to extraterrestrial contact to cryptids like in our area there are bigfoot now when you do this if you do this this year or whenever you do it um would you include any type of investigation as a matter of fact i'm glad you asked uh-huh the friday night the friday night we are all we're going to take uh truckloads of people up to this one peak and if the weather holds we're going to do a we're going to do a ufo hunt uh-huh or if the weather doesn't hold we'll s- switch it to a bigfoot 
hunt because literally the the Bigfoot footprints that I found were about six, seven miles from my house. So it's not too far. And we can go we can go in there. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. Um if you were standing in the center of your town. Yeah. Okay. Um just I'm just going by what's pictured in my head. If you're standing in the center of your town, like if what what would be your main street? I don't know what it would be called, but what would be your main street? If you were to look I'm wanting to say northwest and to go into that direction. Yeah. Um about 10 miles. Mm-hmm. Has there been a sighting there? That's where we found the footprints. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, you do, you do need to go back there because there's at least three of them. Well, I can... The, I the can, footsteps are... There's one set that's small. So, well, I say small. They're bigger than me, and I wear a size six and a half. Um, but they're small for what that would be, and then the other two are... What what they look like in my head, about 14 and a half to 15 inches long. Well, I can tell you this. Uh-huh. The, f- the first print that was found that we were able to find was found by my my astute colleague, Mike Smith. Mm-hmm. And it was about 16, 17 inches long by about 8 inches wide. Uh-huh. And, and I was actually down at the Forest Moon Paracon last year when... Coincidentally, I just happened to be talking to the the Bigfoot speaker, Tyler Standing Bear, when mm-hmm. when Mike messaged me with a picture of the footprint. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we went back there five days later, and that's when we found the second smaller print of, okay. about, of about 11 inches by 5 inches. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that sounds about right. Because, yeah. like I said, I, I got dinky little feet, you know. So, yeah. I mean, it's, they look big to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, compared to mine, they, 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 would, they would be ginormous. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, what it, that's what I'm seeing. That's, and that's the direction. So, I mean, it's weird because when I picture your town, because um, I don't know where you live, but when I picture your town, do you remember that show? That was on where that fella came from the city, and he was going to be a doctor in that small, like Alaska town. <laughs> Do you remember what that was like? I, I remember that that show. I can't remember the, ta- the title. The town kind of reminds me of that, only a little bit mm-hmm. bigger. Yeah, you know. But if, yeah, but if I was just standing in the center of what I would call your main street, from you know, I mean, and I, when I say the center, I mean like midline in town. Yeah. yeah. And if I looked about 10 miles northwest, that would be the direction I would walk in to go get them. I I can tell you point blank, Mm -hmm. you are 100% accurate. Oh, wow. Northern Exposure is a television show. Thank you. That was it. Yes. We can thank (laughs) thank Eric Cooper for that. Thank you, Eric Cooper. I appreciate you. And coming up late on that was Mr. Skeptic at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Appreciate that as well. But yeah, that's exactly where the Bigfoot footprints were found. 
And so the first night, where I, if the weather holds, we're gonna do we're gonna do a UFO search, or we may split off and go do a Bigfoot search. The second night, uh, we are going to be having a VIP dinner and, and mingle with the guests uh, or the guest speakers. That is, and we're also later on that night going to be going down to the museum that I am a part of. And we're going to be holding a charity ghost hunt. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so we got lots of activities that we can do, especially, you know, we're going to have some amazing speakers that, that come on in and and get it going. And I think this is going to come together real, real fast. We got I went and toured the venue today because I was so excited about it, I actually skipped out of work for about an hour. <laughs> and yeah. I, I went down there and like it's a resort like you go down there right now where all the snow is they got like they got like riding horses including a Clydesdale team they have a they have a, a, a tubing run a ski run you know we're gonna have like a well the snow will be gone by then and it'll still be kind of warm at night but I mean if you live in the city and you haven't seen darkness come to this one Come, come to this one because when it's dark here at night, it is dark. Now, don't take horses in that direction. No. Okay. No, no we're not taking the it's, horses. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. I, I'm 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 pretty sure we're going to come up with some different packages to to make this happen because you got to realize when you live a five hour drive from civilization like I do, mm-hmm. you have to be able to get people there so we are going to be charging a small fee for entry and everything oh, like that of course and and when you're talking about something like that that is completely understandable now the time frame that you're talking about you know if i can come up with the cash would be doable um i i will be in in new york well i'll be flying into allentown pennsylvania uh the end of july barring no difficulties um, to work on a case with a friend of mine there that is um, one, one of the girls that has been missing for decades from the Cropsey case. And it was, it was a childhood friend of hers. And so I'm going to fly there and see what we can do there, um, talk to the police and everything. And uh, then I don't have anything else going on that I'm aware of until October when I have um, my friends that I, that I visited in England, they're flying here to come stay with us for about 10 days and we'll go into New Orleans. So I might have a little, I might have that little spot open. It's just, you know, a cash thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a working mama, you know, I got, I got to make sure the bills are paid. So, and I do all this on my own dime. So we'll, uh, We'll see. Just keep me posted on it because I'm really interested. I've always wanted to go there anyway. Oh yes. Well, we'll, we'll work. We'll work something out. I will yeah, keep you in touch. In fact, you know what I'm going to do right now. I got my little piece of paper here. I'm going to put Vanessa Hogel on here. Please do. And if for some reason um, I can't, and you needed to fill a spot with a speaker or something like that, I can always Skype in. Oh yes, like a Q and A or something. Well, right now I'm going to be honest with you. I got 23 perspective, Perfect. including yourself. I got 23 perspective speakers. We're only going to take maybe. Oh, 
I'm thinking five on the first day and maybe oh. three or four on the other on the second day. Yeah, put me at the end of the list if somebody backs out. You can always call me last minute. I don't mind. But that is awesome. Yeah, get somebody, you know, more known than me <laughs> for, for it. I'll, I'll be your backup gal. <laughs> you know, go for the gusto first. Well, you know what? It, we're probably, you know, if anybody wants to travel here on their own dime to speak, I'm okay with that. You know, not that I'm trying to be a cheapskate or anything, but you have to, when it's your first one, you can't blow the budget right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? No, you can't. And uh, it, It's funny that um, that you mentioned that because I did a Skype in a speak for somebody else on, on an event that they had, and somebody asked me, they said, well, how much are they paying you? I said, well, what are you talking about? paying me they said well yeah i mean that's why people do those speaking engagements is to get paid i'm like well not this gal i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I, I never asked for anything it never occurred to me to ask for money to to talk you know i mean i ain't all that i'm, I'm just you know little girl lives in oklahoma that does this stuff because i love it you know so i mean that i don't I'm just saying I don't think people should have to be paid for that. So, you know, if they've got a place to stay and they can make it there and they want to be a part of the community, fantastic. But if they're going to be standing there with their hands out, that's kind of kind of an issue. Well, the hotel is stepping up big time in order, or the resort is stepping up big time for our guests. That's awesome. Yeah. So basically speakers will be able to if you're a guest or you're visiting in they're going to discount all the hotel rooms in the in the vicinity and mm-hmm. when we um when we get things done for the guests uh, all the speak guest speakers that is uh mm-hmm. the hotel will be sponsoring them and all their food that they eat so there you go <laughs> just just not the booze so that's on that's on you that's on you <laughs> <laughs> that is more than enough. And if Christina George comes up for this, by, oh, go- awesome. by God, she's going to bring the tequila. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that. But yeah, you know what? It, it, it's a lot of fun. And I live in a, like in my area where I live, it is really, it's a tourist town, if I could put it that way. Because literally within an hour's drive of my community, Mm-hmm. I think there's about, I'm going to say, between 300 and 500 lakes. Okay? And they all they all have fish. Most of them all have cabins on there. So the people of Vancouver, when they need a break, they come up to their cabins up here. So it's a real tourist, camping, outdoorsy type of town. And and that goes right until the snow starts to fall, which is usually around the end of October, November. But, I mean, you know, when the kids go back to school after the Labor Day weekend here, that's when it starts to die down. So we were looking at putting this event. We were thinking, okay, when we do this, when do we want to do it? And we decided that we wanted to do it outside of the tourist time of year because when you're in a small community like we are, Mm-hmm. Money is hard to come by, especially tourism revenue is tough to come by when you are, you know, in a small town reliant heavily on tourism resource dollars. 
And and so to put this event out there while we are outside of a tourist season, I mean, it can only benefit the community. And that that's really the big issue on it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have to look at all aspects of it. Would it be cool? Yes, but it can't it can't be hurtful. It has to be helpful. You know, and everybody, guests and speakers included, all have to be on the same page that this is a first-time event, a first-time venue, and that these people in your community are going to be welcoming them with open arms and they need to act accordingly. You know, so, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you, and I just think it sounds awesome. Maybe it, I'll win the lottery. Well, hopefully. It could happen, okay? It, it could. It could. Absolutely. I would like to see you win the Powerball. I would love it. It's four hundred and three million. I got a text on my phone. Well, you know, we are. If you win, we are looking for sponsors. Uh, if I win, you got it. All right. Yep. Uh, and everybody heard that. Okay, everybody heard that. So yeah, if I win, because they told me they texted me, it's four hundred and three million dollars for tomorrow night. So that's that's Wednesday. So I better get a ticket. You know what I feel sorry for you Americans? You have to pay tax on that. Oh, I know, right? Up up and, here up here in Canada, uh-huh. if you win the lottery, it's tax free. See? I wanna move. I know. I know. <laughs> I wanna move so bad. Um yeah, here, like if I let's just say, and this is so non paranormal, but if I won four hundred and three million dollars, I would take home about $170 million because the rest of that would be taken in taxes. And you can do it all at once like that, or you can do it where they do it per year. But if you pick the do it per year and you die in two years, your family doesn't get the rest of it. Yeah, you got to take, they force you to take the lump sum. Yeah, take it all. Because I'm sorry, honestly, if I, want a, if I brought home $170 million, I'd keep about five, and the rest... I've already got it all in a list made out of everywhere it would go. All the different individuals it would go to and all the different organizations it would go to. I don't need it. I'm still going to shop at the Goodwill. You know, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I just... I can, I can honestly say if I wanted, I would be greedy. I just, I don't I have would, it in I would be 100% greedy. The only thing I want to do is travel. And I don't mind staying in hostels. I stayed in a hostel in Whitby, England that I absolutely loved. I plan on going back. I plan on having one of those dumb and dumber moments. Oh, where, no. Where, where, where they are lying on the bed, blowing their nose in $100 bills. <laughs> Roll around naked in it. Oh, now, yes. I might do that. I might do that. I might throw it all on the bed, roll around naked in it, and then I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to put it in trash bags and hand it off to people because I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm just going to keep my $5 million and call it good. And everybody heard that, so I can't back out if I win. Well, you know, you go for it, girl. You go for it. <laughs> oh my, we're getting off the track here. Totally. Totally. Yes. Anyways, Paracon time. Mm-hmm. We're going to be having our first meeting on March 5th, and I will be able to get a a better idea of what we are doing there on the 5th. And which I think we're going to get the green light to run with this, see where it goes, and then we're going to be advertising the li- the living heck out of it, mm-hmm. so that way everybody can come on up, and and 
hang on out with us. I think it's awesome. Yeah, you. I mean, as soon as you start putting stuff out there, um, I'll put it all over my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Might even make you a little ad on YouTube if you want me to, because I'm getting a kick out of doing those. That's fun. Yeah, uh, that would be cool. Yeah, you just let me know. All right, do we have any questions? Yes, we do. i got to find one here. This is... Get back on track here. Yeah, (laughs) I I know. We're we're just having a BS situation here. All right. Let me find it. i got to scroll way up here. Joe has a ghost hunting question. Okay. Have you ever had better luck capturing paranormal phenomena on film or digital cameras? Um, that's actually, that's a really good question. For me, if I'm being completely honest, which, well, we know how I roll, um, I have only ever really used regular cameras. And even then, not so much, because nine times out of ten, I'm the one that is doing the the sketches and the spirit communication and stuff like that, and the people that are with me are holding the cameras, whether they be video or still shot. Um, I caught an excellent still shot on the third floor of the Crescent Inn Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And, uh, matter of fact, I'll find that and I'll post it on the page right now so everybody can see it. Um, It was, uh, I was on the third floor of the Crescent Inn, which is now the Honeymoon Suite, which, if anyone knows anything about the Crescent Inn Hotel, it used to be, it's been many things, but at one point in time, it was a cancer research hospital, little air quotes, okay? Um, the guy that was the doctor there was, wasn't really a doctor. This wasn't cancer research. This was basically torture, okay? He would um, inject the tumors with, like, bleach or something. You know, everybody double-check that information. Don't quote me. Um, And uh, all the doors in the hospital slash hotel now were taken off the rooms with the exception of where the bridal suites are now because um, those were, that area, the bridal suites, was where they sent the people to die. And it was such an unbelievably painful death that they had to have the big, thick doors on those rooms to, to, to block the screams. And I was up on that floor. My son and my niece were in our room with my mom. Because we took them there, truthfully, to scare the crap out of them. We thought it would be the funniest thing. And it, could, and it was. I'm not going to lie. Because my son, I think, was nine. <laughs> and my niece was 12. And it was just a blast. We just scared the crap out of them. And um, I was upstairs. And I had a wall behind me. The bridal suite to my right and a hallway to my left. I'm by myself. I took a, a picture a picture out of the third floor window at about midnight. And I'm getting ready to post it here so everybody can see what's in it. Because you ain't going to believe it. You find that darn thing. It's in here somewhere. But there is a person standing next to me. Right and now? I, right now? No, in this picture. No, oh, you should have been watching... Mine and Mike's show the other night, and then the one that I did with with Noreen. I have had so much crap going on here because I'm getting ready to go to Virginia, and it always goes crazy before I go there. It's just it's nuts. My TV was turning on on and off. My lights were flickering, and I'm just sitting here in front of the computer, going, "I can't make it stop." 
I don't know what to do because it just wouldn't stop. They they weren't listening. But I should be used to it. I'm just trying to find that picture real quick. I've got it on here, but I want everybody to see it. It is crazy because there was nobody. I found it. There was nobody with me. So I'm getting ready to post it. It's right there in the chat below where Gloria said she's going to be going to Mexico, I think. Actually, I guess I put it up at the top. Let's see. Can you see it? That was taken on July 25th, 2012. And you can see my shadow. <laughs> but the what looks to me to be a young lady standing next to me has no shadow. And you can see her or him, whatever it is, leaning against the wall. And I was by myself. Can you see it? Are, are you sure that's not a coat that's hanging on the wall? <laughs> There's no coat there. There's no coat hanger. It is an empty hallway with a wall behind me. That window is the third floor facing out. To my right is the bridal suites. To my left is the hallway leading to the bridal suites. You know there's a f couple faces in the window too. Might be might be pareidolia, but I'm looking at yeah. I, I I'm looking at let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six different faces up near the ceiling too. That is a very haunted location. Very haunted location. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, you're not messing around when it comes to that stuff. No. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Um, mm. but now, I, did, I want to address something else. I, I can't remember who put it on here. It might have been Vivian. Um, or no, it was Michael McNeil, I think. Um, talking about seeing ghosts in the daytime. I am going to go on record right here, right now, as saying the some of the most terrifying and active things that have ever happened to me, paranormally speaking, have been in the middle of the day. In the middle of the day, I'm actually least likely to have it happen in the middle of the night. Go figure. Um, but yeah, in the middle of the day, I have been assist. I think I told you this before. Um, I was assisting uh, a doctor in Lawton, Oklahoma, and uh, a woman walked through the wall and just stood and stared at me at the, at you know the feet of my patient because I'm a dental assistant. And uh, my doctor knew about me, and he knew what I did. He was really cool. But I'm trying not to mess up on my job. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. I'm actually working on a patient. And she started to get very upset. And this is about 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> she started to get pretty upset. Um, and Dr. Palmer and I are, are working on this patient. And the box of masks that's on a shelf above us, flies off and lands on my patient and we just kind of ignore it <laughs> and then the tray covers 
start flying off one by one and landed all around us. And then the and then the shelf starts to shake. And he looks above his medical mask through his glasses at me and he says, friend of yours? And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> and he says, tell it will be done in a or tell tell it will be done in a minute. And so I did, and then I got to take care of that. But uh but yeah, middle of the day in front of two witnesses. Mm. And that's like the least witnesses I've ever had. While doing the radio show, what is the strangest paranormal experience you've had? The strangest for me? Um I would actually have to say, before when I talked to you before, it was the different things that had happened to me in New Orleans. Um, the last time I went to Virginia, that topped it by about a million. Because uh, I came back, just I, I, I didn't even look like me. Um, the, the things that normally happen to me, like, I make jokes about it, y'all, about spirits hopping in, I leave, I go somewhere else, they drive me around for a little bit, you know, take care of business, I hop back in, they, they go away. Um, that's normally how it is. I'm like a little, I don't know, paranormal taxi. And, uh, oh, coin phrase. And um, that happens to me in New Orleans a lot. Never to the degree that it's happened, that it happened in Virginia. Um, after we had what we call the incident, when me and BPI were down there, I, had, I went into the residence to lay down because everything felt really calm. And we're like, we did it. You know, they're gone. And, uh, I lay down on the couch and I'm trying to get some rest because I was just, I was done. And the last thing I remember is hearing a train and there's no trains around there. There hasn't been in decades. And I woke up in one of the cars finding out that I had ran barefoot on gravel all the way down this huge, long driveway at full speed. And y'all, I'm short, I'm squishy, I'm not an athlete anymore. This is not me. And um, I had to be tackled by Chris. He's a, a, a vet. And uh, he, he, he had to tackle me in this gravel driveway. And it, it took his full body weight to bring me down. And they said that the scream that I let out sounded like 20 or 30 people were leaving me. I have no recollection. No kidding. Yeah. It was pretty bad. At, at that particular location, they caught uh, either still shots or video of me where I don't even know how it's possible, but my head was laying on my back. I mean, it was like laying flat against my back and I was almost staring behind me. And that was during a show? Uh, that was uh, during an investigation. And some of that footage hasn't been released yet. It was really bad. It was really, it was really, 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 really bad. And I, mean, I had sworn that I would never step foot on that land again or on the land um, of the Revolutionary House. And uh, I'm... I'm I'm breaking that swear because I'll be there in 19 days. But it's to, the people that live at the house that we were called to investigate, because um, it, 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 it's awful activity. It's the one with the barn and, and what I was explaining earlier. Um, they're, the owner of the home is, they're renters, and the owner of the home is trying to sell it out from underneath them and isn't 
disclosing any of this information. And in many states that, you know, you have to by law. And uh, it was funny because she just uh, told me the other day that the realtor wouldn't even go in the house. Like they, you know, instinctively knew that it wasn't a good place to be. And we thought that the majority of it was concentrated at the barn and it seems it seems that it's kind of kind of bleeding out so we we have to we have to go back there's there's kids involved and i i i'll, I'll break my swear over kids mm. well that's nice well i mean i i have a boy you know he won't I be know. at location you know um he's going with me but he won't be at that location see during this show i have had many strange things happen Mm-hmm. I've had Harold the Haunted Doll show himself over my shoulder. Oh, my stars. At about five feet tall, black cloaked. That was kind of weird. I've had an alien at my window during a broadcast. Just a couple weeks ago, I had twice, we, we went into overtime on the show, and twice I actually had my my chair pushed. Okay. I've never had that happen. That was kind of cool. Can you recall what you were discussing when that happened? Aliens. <laughs> yes. Go figure. Go figure. You like that laugh? <laughs> mm. um, it's always aliens, man. It's always the damn aliens that give me troubles. Well, and the, the thing is, is when, when people discuss things like aliens and stuff like that, our brains are conditioned to automatically go to the little green men. And I don't believe that's the case. I don't, you know, I don't think that you can pigeonhole what, you know, a different species, for lack of a better way of, of putting it, looks like. You know, I mean, it could be your mailman, Dave. You know, I mean, you never know. And I, I just, I find it, I'm not surprised that your wife said that you're being watched. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that you have the experiences that you have. Um, I don't feel that that there's anything malevolent in it. I think it's more curiosity and making sure that you're staying on the right track, if you understand what I'm saying. Oh, yes. Okay. We, we have a lot of activity around here. <laughs> we do. Like, I... Yeah. Them aliens and me, we're, we're, we're kind of in a little bit of a tiff right now. Mm-hmm. Because when I moved up north here... I just wh- got shit thrown off my couch. No kidding. Mother, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I caught myself. Good. Yeah. Yeah, sure enough. <laughs> what, went fly- what went flying off your couch? <laughs> my bag. <laughs> I give up. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Well, you know what what else is something cool that actually happened during this show recently, too? What? Is I was sitting with my hand leaning on my desk, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden my headphones popped out of my headphone jack on my computer. Really? And I was like, and, and literally, I've kind of got my hand in the position where it is right now when that happened. And my hand was about three inches away from the headphone jack. Okay. And it popped right out. 
All of a sudden, I'm like, why the Sam hell is the audio coming through my computer instead of my headphones? And I looked, and my headphone jack had popped out probably six or seven millimeters. My goodness. Yeah, just enough to disconnect it. That was kind of cool. It really it really does make you wonder. It really does. I mean, yeah. you know, because, like, it doesn't matter whether it's aliens or spirits or ghosts or whatever you want to call it. There, we always have eyes on us. They're always paying attention. Mm-hmm. And if we paid more attention to when those experiences happened, we might actually start to learn a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really think that's important. You know, I've, I've always told you and I've told everybody else, one of the most important tools in paranormal investigation is us. You know, if we stay honest and relay what we're seeing and feeling and hearing and tasting and smelling and everything else, if we stay honest with that and, and keep a ledger of it, the messages are there. It's just half the time we ignore them or we poo-poo them away or, you know, we try to rationalize them. And sometimes there just aren't rational answers. Sometimes it is exactly what it is. They're keeping tabs, you know, and you just never know. But if, if people would, would start paying a little bit more attention and writing that stuff down, like I said, the messages are there. I did a YouTube video on that the other night, too, because, you know, people get angry. They're like, why can you talk to my dead husband, but I can't? Like, well, th- how do you know? Like, well, he's never come to me. I'm like, okay, well, start explaining different things that have happened. And they do, and I'm like, well, that's a message. But we rationalize it away. And that just, I would just drive, it drives me crazy because the answers are already there. They're, I mean, they're waiting for us to catch up. They've already put the information out there. They're just waiting for us to catch up on it. Hmm. I never really thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in so many little things, in so many little things, they are telling you on a, almost on a daily basis what the message is. And, and what they're trying to get across, whether it's an individual, whether it's, you know, like, you know, aliens or whatever, they're, they're, they're letting us know. But, you know, we are just, we're so focused on, on saying that this is, this is the only reason that that could have happened, or I just imagined that, that, I mean, we're, we're just, we're mess we're messing up. They're not the ones not talking to us. We're the ones not listening to them. I would have never thought that. Mm-hmm. That's why kids get messages so much easier, because they don't rationalize it away. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. I sounded all hippie there, didn't I? You kind of did. Yeah. You kind of w- did. You know, I'm yeah. not going to lie on that. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I wouldn't expect it any other way. But it's true. So, (laughs) a lot of people have a big discernment in the paranormal field then, Vanessa, Mm -hmm. between ghosts and -hmm. what could be spiritual extraterrestrial activity. Now, for a lot of people, that's just way out of left field. We're not going there, you know ghosts are one thing but to now say aliens are invading in a spiritual form is another 
What is your take on that? Well, I mean, to me, believing in one makes it not very hard of a stretch to believe in the other. Because I'm choosing not to see any any type of otherworldly figure as what Hollywood has shown me. I'm making that conscious effort and choice to not be pre-programmed to what the rest of the world has tried to make us believe that they are. Uh, and they very well could look like that. I don't know. But I'm not going to use Hollywood as my guide on that. And that's where a lot of people really get messed up. Um, for me, the difference between ghosts and spirits in a paranormal sense is the ghosts are the ones who have not crossed over yet. Spirits are the ones who have but have come back. Totally not a one-way street. They can go wherever the heck they want to. And don't tell them they can't. Um, that's just... That's just the way that I've always known it. I've done this my entire life. Uh, my, most, my, my oldest memory, I was two years old. I'll be 45 next month. So you're talking many, many, many years doing this. I've never once had one explain heaven, heaven or hell to me, ever. Not one time. In the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds I've spoken to. Um, when it comes to alien beings... I don't have a preconceived notion of what they look like or what their wants or their needs or their motives are. But I do know I've seen one of their aircrafts. My son and I saw it. You know, and we saw it driving down Sooner Road here in Oklahoma. And the thing was as big as a football field and in the shape of a diamond. And it was, uh, red, uh, it was red and blue. Three of the lights were red and one of the lights was blue. And the smaller end of the diamond, that point was blue. And it was not moving, there was no sound, and it was about 500, no, maybe about 700 feet up in the air. And it was hovering above a farmhouse. They are pretty (laughs) impressive. It was huge. Absolutely huge. We could see it from about, well, we saw it from about a mile and a half, almost two miles away, driving down the road, and it never moved. It never moved. It stayed right there. And it was, like I said, as big as a football field, if not bigger. And no doubt in my mind. And my son and I came home. We started looking things up. And all over the world, people had to, because I was driving. I couldn't take a picture. Um, People all over the world had taken pictures of things in the sky that looked exactly like what my son and I saw. And I was fascinated by that. Because that was my first experience in that realm, but I've always believed in a more knowledgeable being out there. Honestly, it terrifies me to think we're the smartest thing out there. That's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night, Dave, is people actually thinking we're the smartest things out there. There's no way. They were smarter than us when the, uh, when the uh, Alexand- uh, Alexandria Library was out there before you know it got destroyed. Imagine where we would be now if all of that knowledge hadn't have been lost. You know, so I mean, it had to come from somewhere. The hieroglyphs on the pyramids show things that they have no way they could have known. The evidence is all out there, but people poo-poo it away. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't want to believe. They really don't want to believe, Vanessa. Yeah, and that's sad. Um, but I do understand it, though. I'm not going to down anyone for their fears of believing in something like that. 
because I understand how religious some people are, and I understand how that goes against certain, um, that they can't believe in certain things because of religious beliefs. I understand that, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock anybody for that. I simply can't do that. I want as much education and experience in every aspect of that that I can get because knowledge is power. That's, I mean, it's going to be the biggest muscle I've got is my brain. And I really, I really want to pack it with as much as I can. Well, you can look to do that. Huh? You can look to do that, but whether or not you get the results that you need, that's a different concept. True, but the, at least the effort is there. I, I just can't stick my head in the sand and say this doesn't exist. I just can't do it. But I do understand how some people have to. I do. Because the idea is just simply too terrifying because you're taking their entire belief system and saying, nope, <laughs> you're wrong. And that, that's hard for people to swallow, and I get it. So how do you deal with that? How do you get people to understand that what you were seeing is truthful rather than just easy speak? Oh, I got a perfect example for you. Um, I was doing that uh, Unsolved Crime show the other night, and that was on Thursday. And I had a, that day at work, like I said, I'm a dental assistant, um, at about 2 o'clock, I, I, I saw a man. And in my head, he wasn't standing right next to me, but he showed me exactly what he looked like in my head. Had no idea who he was, Dave. Couldn't couldn't have picked him out of a lineup. But I drew him. I went ahead and drew him. And uh, because I'm like, well, maybe maybe this has to do with the cases that they're going to give me tonight. I don't know. So we start doing the show at, it's like 8 o'clock that night, I think. So it's like six hours after I drew it. We, um, we start, and the girls that I work with saw it. Everybody saw it. So, I mean, everything is time-stamped and good to go. And uh, we get about halfway through the show, and I'm like, oh, well, hold it. Hey, I got to pull this up and show you guys because I don't know who he is. But maybe if he's not for one of the cases, maybe he is for one of the people that are watching. And I held it up, and I thought Noreen was going to have a heart attack. And she private messaged me a picture and it was the man I saw. And he has not been deceased for very long. He w- But he was found in his apartment. He had been in there for a week. And I didn't know him. I didn't know his name. I didn't even know he existed. I didn't know who the guy was. But he came to me. So if somebody can give me a logical explanation for that, <laughs> I would love it. But that's how I get people to understand I won't knock their beliefs, but when I can show them that and the pictures are side by side, I'm going to post it real quick. Um, they leave me alone after that. I'm going to post that real quick so people can see what I'm talking about. This won't take a second because it's not. Oh, a not a problem. Not a problem. I, I can do some talking in between then because we only got about two, three minutes left. Vanessa, while we're waiting for you, I'm I'm wondering, what do you think is the biggest idea, information, evidence that we could give to a skeptic to try and have them believe? I'm getting ready to post it. 
That's the best. Honestly, that's the only way um, I have ever gotten people to believe. Okay, I'm getting ready to post it. Should pop up. Or when I start telling them things that their grandparents did and their names and when they died and everything else. But that doesn't always happen. So it's, the thing is, some people are never going to believe. They're just not. And I never try to force my belief down anybody else's throat, but they can't sway me on it either. I trust me, I, I got attacked on my own Facebook feed a couple, about three, three or four weeks ago, um, and uh, basically calling me a devil worshiper. And saying that, you know, that everything I do, if I'm not doing it in the name of Jesus, I must be doing it in the name of Satan. And I, I, I was just getting attacked left and right. And I was handling it very well. You know, and then I made my YouTube video and let everybody know exactly where I stand on it. Um, but I can't, if some people's minds just can't be changed. But some can. And I never do it by force. But you would be amazed at how many people who say they don't believe in it are the ones that send you the private messages asking for help. And that's what that 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 kills me every time. It's like it's like they're closet believers and public disbelievers. You see the picture? Give me two seconds here. I'm trying to do too much at once. Well that's kind of interesting. Uh-huh. He looks alien in your drawing. I drew him with no hair. I, I suck at hair, Dave. I'm awful. Interesting. Very interesting. Vanessa, that was a quick hour. I know, right? I know. I'm not even tired. <laughs> and Me I gotta, either. I gotta get up in like four hours. <laughs> I gotta be up in like six hours. <laughs> I might have to do what I did the last time we did this. I think I'm going to go try to find a McDonald's or something. Oh, you. You. Now now I'm cutting you off right now. You hold on, Vanessa. i got to wrap this thing up. If you're listening in on the Space Out Radio side, you hear Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking us in and rocking us out of every single episode of Spaced Out Radio. Tomorrow night on the show, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time, we have Craig Campobasso joining us from Los Angeles. We are talking Valiant Thor. We are talking extraterrestrials, contact, secret space program, and the wonderment behind instant noodles. No, I'm kidding on that part. But we're going to talk aliens tomorrow night. Once again, with Craig Campobasso. I want to remind you all, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio as well. You can also give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn, download this show and others on iTunes, and our website is spacedoutradio.com. Of course, we have a plethora of features there for you. I want to thank Mike Ricksecker, for joining us for the first two hours. Vanessa Hogle joining us for hours two and three. Really appreciate you taking the time. Mr. Bumblefoot's about to take us home. And on my end, I'll talk to you in exactly 21 hours from now. Thank you so much for tuning in to Space Out Radio. We do this show seven nights a week because we love it. We love doing it. We love seeing each and every one of you tuning in. 
do us a favor back. Tell a friend. Share our posts on social media. Help us grow. We want to be that nighttime show, not just for you, but for everyone. Help spread the word. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Have a good one.